Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Mayhem Sale and find up to half price off Maybelline and L'Oreal Cosmetics. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Good morning. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ. It is Tuesday the 17th of May. I'm up here in the studio. We've got Louis Herman Watt right next to me. Good to see you, brother. We've got Joe in the kitchen with Jake. Wow, he's on the phone line, so he'll be answering all your calls. So remember, 0800 150 811. Anytime this morning on the Ken Artsire phone line, we would love to chat to you. Plenty to... Wow, sort out today. There's lots going on, particularly with the cycling review release. Some pretty damning evidence that the imbalance between officials and athletes is evident. And hopefully after several, we'll have a chat to Eric Murray when he gets off the dancing floor. Obviously, he's been a big part of the rowing successful outfit and how they've built a culture and environment that oh, honestly only de- uh, demands success, but it looks after their processes and pretty much provides the structure needed to, to go forward and, and get those rewards at the end. So we're going to try and catch up with Eric Murray after 7 o'clock and have a chat to him, the difference between the rowing and the New Zealand cycling. Some uh, amazing articles, some in-depth articles being released overnight, so if you uh, want to go have a read of those, they'll, they'll explain it all, and we'll do our best to explain it here on Baz. Ah. Izzy and Kempi, I've done it, Louis. We spoke ah, about it. We spoke, oh, we spoke about it on here, and I've done mate, it straight away. Who was going to be the first? <laughs> we didn't stuff it up yesterday, and we've done it this morning. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Sorry, lads. Sorry, lads. Anyway, no after, apologies. That, after that, we love championing our champions, and grassroots is where it all begins. For Tony versus high school boys, 20 all. High school boys pop back in the pocket, attempt a drop goal, charge down, and Sam Blackburn... Runs 100 metres to win it for Petoni there in Wellington. So we're going to have a wee catch up with Sam Blackburn. He's all over. He's Facebook famous as we watch that uh, you know, club rugby as well and truly alive. We're going to have a chat with him after that win over the weekend. And then after eight, we're going to head over to the UK and get an English perspective on England swooping Baz, the bo- boss McCallum. Our man out of the UK, Andrew Miller, is going to come on the show and dissect that, and well, just give us a UK kind of point, you know, point of view, and have we chat about it. So that is our show for today. Like always, give us a call 
on the Kinnarts Hire phone line 0800 150 or even better text us on the Temper bedpost. Text machine 8833. Tony Kemp, he's right across from me. Morena, Uncle. Morena, Atamaria. I love seeing you in the, uh, in the studio, is he? It's awesome, mate, when you come up uh, to Tamaki and, and spend the day with us. Um, yeah, man, a bit starstruck, to be honest. Starstruck sitting here, got my name up in lights next to the All Black Legend 66 Test, <laughs> that famous drop goal that we heard about last week. You know, oh. punter extraordinaire. Um, mate, yeah, what a day. What a day yesterday. You know, awesome. Mm. No, it is. It's huge. Huge day for Yunk, and great to have you part of the team. And, and we're just going to go forward and, and rip into it. We need to do a new photo, though. You've got your, obviously, we got the message yesterday when I was just going to the airport, bring some some styly clothes, you know, bring a shirt and a, maybe a. Still uh, a bit of colour in Kimpy's hair. suit jacket. In that I know. photo that's super, super imposed. So, what are we talking there, the late 70s? <laughs> oh, mate, that photo is, that's a, oh, I, did a I did an article for um, E Tangata last year. That photo's sitting down at the Wanung, actually. Um, told a little bit of a life story. Mm. So, I do remember the photo. Um, but, yes, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting a few photos today and putting them next to you. you you sort of look like you got a good Photoshop picture there. I'm pretty sure the guy will do a good shot Photoshop of me as well when he gets it done. But yeah, no, mate, they're photos, eh? I'm few not really bothered about that. Few questions. They, uh, tell us, they, is that Craig David? You know, on the, on the jaw. Mm. You know, the little, little Craig David. David. And, and, and another question. You know, don't <laughs> jump over the desk and twat me around the ears on day two. But Louis, you reckon we could shave that off one day? <laughs> the princess died. The princess died. Not a chance. Have you ever had like? Have you ever been without it? Oh yeah, I take it off. I give it a bit of new growth. Yeah. Um, maybe once or twice a year, mm. I just take it off. It takes a little while to grow back, but um, nah. Normally, I just get the old clippers out and give it a clipper up and shave I thought, it. Up. I thought you used the whippersnapper to. Um... <laughs> no, it's not that. It's actually. You can't talk, you know. You've got bugger all on your face as well. So, um, nah, mate. It took me, like I said, it took twenty six years to get a little bit of a goatee mm. to when it started. Um, now I don't want to take another twenty six years to grow it back. It makes me look a little bit older, like you, is it? It's intimidating, to be honest. <sighs> yeah, and no, nah, no, nah, you'll never get that off me. Ah, okay. Okay, I was just always uh, having a wee think. I'm looking at just, it. I'm just, it's checking really out well. your, I'm just checking out your cannons. No, it's just really well manicured. <laughs> it's really well manicured. Do you put obviously a lot of time and effort into that every morning? You, you know, shaping oh, it up. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yep. Mm. No, a little bit of um, man cured in the mornings, and you know, make sure the hair's all all done properly, and the moisturiser goes on. And my kids give me a give me a little bit of. Um, Jib about that. Now I've always had, you know, had the moisturiser in the bathroom. I remember when I was a young, I was having moisturising when I was like fourteen, and I remember my mate saying moisturiser. Mm. What are you using moisturiser for? You know, we used to use that old oil of Ulay. Remember that? It was in a little what pink are you talking jar. About? Yeah, well, you should try it. You should try it. That's mate. why you've got good skin. Eh? I must admit, you got good skin, Uncle. You got no crinkles. You know where bloke it's all his wrinkles above his eyebrows. You know on the forehead, right up there. I've got a few up there. Yeah, a bit so. of self care, mate. Just try and try and do that every day, but um, well, even to the point that when you slept in, you turned up and the show. We were about twenty minutes into the show, but mm. you'd somehow come through with your head up <laughs> every day, brother. So every no, day, have you, uh, you've seen those movies, eh? And, and you, you, the, the, 
mainly chicks anyway they're mainly chicks they lie on the pillow with their hands up like this and they lie in there and they don't put their head on the pillow and they're like that and they're like that's Kempi. That's Kempi. Not a chance. Yeah. 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 He's, he's got his arm, his hand, and, and his head's in his palm, and he's yeah. just sliding the game. Either that or it's a big piece of Lego. <laughs> it's, it's a wig. It's a it's a you, you and Scott H and the robots, the bots have this Lego here. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's enough on me, eh? Hey. Lucky you gave options, eh, Uncle? Oh, mate, that's right. We yep. all love a good lid. There's plenty, Tell of, me about plenty it. of identity in that. There's plenty <laughs> of identity in that. Beautiful, beautiful. Hey, uh, Louis, how you been, bud? You are good? Yeah, loving it. Um, yesterday, boys, it was a great day. I watched a lot of basketball, and um, we're going to talk about that in a little bit, actually. The, the Phoenix Suns-Dallas Mavericks game has kind of inspired me for my can't-wait question of the day today. Uh, it's kind of a mix of news, is it, today? It, like, it's... Pretty sombre reading all the Olivia Podmore fallout of the Mm. cycling inquiry, this independent uh, inquiry into cycling New Zealand and kind of hits you over the face that it's not really about cycling. This is kind of more about smaller, um, these NSOs, these sporting organisations that Olympic sports predominantly that are funded via High Performance Sport New Zealand and the pressures that go on these young people. And they are young people. Like, you know, we're not talking about um, often athletes in their 30s and definitely not 40s and where they're kind of moving to these centralised towns and the pain that they're going through to try and reach their goal and they're not getting paid that well to do it. And, yeah, so reading the, the findings into the uh, review that here in QC and, and the team Lieberman put together there yesterday it was pretty sombre. So there's a mix of that. Um, there's a couple of horses I'm waiting to go around this week that mm. I don't want to tip out just yet because... We haven't quite got the odds at the tab.co.nz, but there's a couple that are, are looking likely. And um, as Dom says, boys, when are we hitting the pub to polish back a few beers and punt winners to celebrate the new confirmed breakfast team? <laughs> yeah, shout out to Dommy. He'll be on the work site. No doubt his boss, Willie, will be running a solid cut of the... No, he's in Fiji. Boys will be... Boys will be, you know, rocking out to work a bit, a little four bit later smokers. today. Yeah, four, four smokers. smokers. Enjoy, Dommy, and uh, keep those tips coming through, and for sure, we'll catch up. Did you ever go to that rugby training? I didn't. I had to go to, I was, uh, it was Hutchie's Shout the Bar. Oh. So, didn't make it, but I still still owe you, I still owe you one, Dom, 100%. Before the end of the year, I'll definitely be there. Um, mm. Yeah, I've got your number, so I'll be in touch. And um, in the meantime, Kimpy, you kind of... Now you're now you're here and you're kind of here for good. Like there's a couple of things we need to probably sort out. <laughs> oh, we haven't sorted that out in the first three months. What now is you, it? you probably owe us another song. Oh, okay. I'll whip so one of those out for you. Note that down. And Izzy's just pumped out a new Quizzy Dad track. So you, yeah, you, you. Izzy. No, no. The, oh, the, oh, the one we've got. The best. Mate, I'd, I'd go to bed at night singing that. Lying <laughs> nah. in bed and I'm going, oi, oi. <laughs> Well, I, I really want to re-re- re-record that. I just feel like, you know, like my, my rock kind of tones weren't really really matching it. But hey, gave it a good go and, and that's what it's about and things we do. And you got to remember, you go on the draw if you win Quizzy Dag to head to the Gold Coast for the V8 supercars Ooh. every morning. Every morning, Quizzy Dag, 640-ish, 0800-150-811. A trip to the Gold Coast, flights, accommodation, all covered, courtesy of Willamint Travel. Remember, call us. We want to go. We want to send you. Well, I'm going. Well, you. Do you want to go? Yeah. I'm in the draw. It's a double send. You are in the draw. Mm. And um, honey, yeah. honey missed out. Honey from Monoma, somewhere. Did you see David Kidwell's going to go coach Argentina? 
Mate. Not rugby league. A big day in, in sport yesterday. Got Trent Barrett, mm. you know, walked the plank. That was that was funny, Louis, when you asked me about that. He walked out. Of course he walked out. Just had someone pushing him behind. Mm. Um, and Kitty. That's a good one, eh? That's a good one. You were at that press conference. Take us through it. Well, David Kidwell, of course, is a fantastic, first and foremost, a great league player and servant to rug- rugby league and tough, strong, physical, but... You know, his coaching days, of he's, it's been coloured. Um, 2017, Rugby League World Cup in New Zealand. And, well, it was a great event. I went down to Hamiltonga. It was probably my fondest memory, actually. We went down there to watch the Kiwis play uh, Tonga down in Hamiltonga. And, gee, that was one of the best sporting occasions ever, I think. Um, but at the same tournament, when... Uh, David Kidwell was doing his kind of opening address to the public about what he wanted this Kiwis team to achieve. He rolled out one of the great, one of the greatest sporting phrases. Mm. What happens next? And, and mottos. Um, people are remembering it fondly right now. The key is in the we. The key is in the we. And uh, and, 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 and knowing Kitty, Kitty will see the funny side of that. Everyone's looking at each other like, is this guy for real? <laughs> like, has anyone ever thought about it? Can you imagine like when you come up with that? Like, has anyone ever thought about, like, just hear me out. Just hear me out, guys. Kiwi. Kiwi. <laughs> you know, like, and, and did nobody just go... Oh, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to get away with that one. So David Kidwell, he's he's one of the great characters in sport, and he's um off to genuinely as he's off to coach Argentina's uh, the Pumas. I don't know what he can offer them, but it's interesting. Um, yeah, it's an interesting. I did not see that uh, kind of selection coming along with David Kidwell heading over to Argentina. Look, what I can see, and and he was a bit of an enforcer in the league sense, you know, loved to be aggressive, get up, put hits on. So I see him going over there and, and getting into the defensive role. They love getting the leagueies over. And uh, I remember when David Kidwell came to the Crusaders and, and did a few sessions with the Crusaders outfit, and it was awesome. Mate, they're just a different breed, eh, the way that they defend. And I think rugby can take a lot from them. Um, I think... At the moment, it's it's an era that's you know really well debated in the tackle era, particularly in, in rugby. And, and with league, they do have their situations too and their problems involving um, height and tackle height and probably get away with a lot more, but I think it's more around um, the technique and, and their ability to get up and put some hits on and, and the way that they go about it. There's a lot to both codes can learn from. So um, that's what I'm expecting David Kidwell to go over to Argentina and try and add over there and just add his kind of nous to, mm. to defensively. Because Argentine and Tinian teams are that really good attacking-wise. They play with a lot of flair and a lot of motion, but defensively that's where it lets them down, mm. um, their ability to get up and, and shut teams down. So they'll be putting some resources into that, and I can see David Kidwell in there. Yeah, there. interesting that they, they've taken um, Kitty over there. And you're dead right, is he? They've taken him over there to do defence. I can't see him getting stuck in the systems and structures of rugby union. He wouldn't know, you know mm. how to unlock that key. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this, just <laughs> just saying a little bit about that defensive, um, I guess, prowess from the league circles in that contact that contact um, area. We we're talking a little bit of yesterday around the Crusaders and 
Um, I spent a little bit of time watching rugby on the weekend and just st- trying to do some analysis in and around the defence. You know, there there are some really simple techniques that rugby league use, and you can see straight away that they haven't implemented that in their defensive mm. body shape, um, like keeping square, you know, hands above your waist, using your leg drive. Um, especially with your smaller blokes in your bigger bigger contact area, so, so you know your pole, poles outside your rucks that get caught out if you're in the wrong position. Um, a, B, and C defenders in and around that. It's really similar now to rugby league. So it's, it wouldn't be hard for Kitty to go to Argentina or go to any rugby team mm. and structure a defensive um, technique because we actually these days doing the same thing you know what I mean we're pretty close together defensively and offensively and still it's all about giving up that ground if you can stop them on the ad line um, you're basically winning winning basically that collision area and that's I guess one of the one of the things that the Argentine, uh, Argentinians would look to Kitty to do is mm. to how do we stop those advantage gains from the All Blacks the Australians the South Africans so one thing I've noticed with, with league is you've got the player down low and, and you have to have someone up top to wrap up the ball, otherwise they keep the ball alive and, and you know, you, you're going to get put under a lot of pressure. They do that really well, but one problem we're finding with rugby is a lot of the big boys, traditionally, they're really upright, and that's where they're getting caught out. You know, Josh Dixon, you got Scott Barrett, guys that are really upright, they're not dipping, so they're not getting around the ball. So what, what's the difference you see with the leagueies, how they're not... Like some of them are contacting the head and they're getting sent off and they're going, going away, but more than likely they're going to attack that ball. So what's the major difference you see from from the league defensive technique to, to the rugby and what you're seeing at the moment? Yeah, look, I'd, it's it's a really um, contentious area at the moment, the, the, mm. the way that you tackle, because you do tackle high. You know, mm. Blokes aren't going down and tackling around the waist anymore, so you're making shots and players are leaning into tackle, so yeah. your body's getting caught out. Um, as far as your height goes, and you're jumping, you're bouncing off the chest and into the into the head area. I think the main thing for me, I reckon, it's a real contentious issue in, in rugby league. The three tackles in the in, a, in and around a player, they got to get rid of the third tackler. Mm. Like you can't go for the legs. Yeah. You got you got to get rid of the cutter, the guy that goes into the legs, because the first two catch and hold, and then the second guy wraps the legs up, and then they just wrestle him to the ground, and you get a seven, seven, eight second play the ball. Um, so get rid to get rid of the catch, get rid of the legs tackle. Mm. That's that's as simple as it, it's always as it, it should about happen. that, because eh? you always see that guy come in, and like it's like he's been resting on the on his feet for about four seconds, and that guy comes in and tackles him, gets him down, just buys his defence more time. No, he can't do nothing. You're, mm. you're basically in a, in a, you're rolled up in a piece of carpet. You know, I what quite mean? like it when the um, attackers just start kind of kicking out a little bit. They do. They the guys that are quite smart at it. They can kind of just turn their studs and kind of make it really Jez ugly Smith, for you. Jez Smith was the best. He used to get up and th- throw his knees into people's calves. And, yeah. Well, you know, we'll get we'll get Jez Smith on. To the, we'll, the art of the grapple, mate. He was honestly he used to watch him in the game, and they'd miss it all on on TV, and he'd do all sorts. All right, boys. That's so. That's David Kidwell. He's off to coach uh, the Pumas or, or be in that coaching staff. And actually, Dave, uh, Dylan Brown. He smacked. He put that massive hit on on Sunday night, and he actually got caught up because he, he tackled a he tackled a chin as well. But it was very marginal. Here's my can't wait question of the day today, and it's a little bit different. But I think together, collectively, on 0800-150-811, the Kennards High phone line, and double eight double three, we should be able to come up with something quite good. Yesterday, the day was about the Dallas Mavericks. Luka Doncic, he's 23 years of old. He came out and scored the first eight points in a Game 7 to go to the Western Conference Finals in the NBA. If you're not an American sports fan, that's okay. Don't panic. Don't turn your radio off. Stay with me. 
He pretty much came out there, put up 35 points in 30 minutes and dominated the Phoenix Suns and broke their spirit. Why this is interesting and why this matters is because Phoenix had the best record in the NBA, another 60-plus win season. They had two All-NBA players. They had All-Stars. They had Devin Booker, who's not just Kendall Jenner's boyfriend. He's also fourth in the MVP race this year. They've got who they describe the point god, Chris Paul. If you're a basketball fan, you'll be acquainted with Chris Paul. Just put his playoff failures aside for the second. This team was the, the titled favourite heading into the playoffs. This team was really the team that came across most bulletproof. We spoke to Tom Abercrombie. He said Monty Williams, the coach, is the coach he'd like to play for. And for whatever reason, they lost four of their last five games and then lost 123-90 in a game seven in the NBA playoffs. They were down 48 points at one stage in that game yesterday. They had 25 points halfway through the second quarter. 25. This is one of the great no-shows in sport. So I want to ask you, what are some of the biggest letdowns in sport after the Suns no-show? You'll have plenty of options to choose from here. And to the best one, we've got a Chemist Warehouse Mayhem Pack. Uh, It's $150 worth of vitamins and cosmetics. And it's pretty, pretty exciting because it's mayhem sale at the Chemist Warehouse at the moment. So have a think about it. And on the other side, we're going to talk to you. What are some of the biggest letdowns in sport? With that context, the Phoenix Suns, they were so good. How did they lay this egg? What are some other comparable examples throughout sports history? It's 23 minutes past six. It is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Price of Health and Nature's Way Vitamins. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. 28 minutes past six. In honour of the Phoenix Suns' great egg laying yesterday, what are the biggest no-shows in sports? What are the biggest letdowns in sports? This team was meant to be a title favourite. And they got blown out by the Mavs in Game 7. I'm thinking the amount of ah, proverbial that Mm. Shane Cameron chatted before he got knocked out by David Tour Mm. and didn't even make it into the second minute or third minute, is he? That was one of the great no-shows. That's a good one. I went to the races that day in Hawke's Bay, got home, booked it, wasted 40 bucks. It was over. Yeah. I was like, oh, lights what? on, lights, lights off, <laughs> lights That's on, it. lights off. Yeah, it was lights off for Kenny Rainsfield for Shane. Ah, uh, for me, I'm gonna go Team New Zealand, San Francisco, <laughs> seven one up. Oh, that's a good one. Seven one up. That's early. For and that. I'm watching it in Argentina with the All Blacks. We're in the cha- we're in the team room. We're like, yeah, yeah. David Kidwell's like the keys. Maybe and tomorrow we'll get up tomorrow, boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And every day just got deflated, and we we lost from seven one up. Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty deflating. There's something that springs to mind for me, mate. This is a good. This is actually a good one. This is a, a good one for us. But I had a phone call the week of this final, and my mate said, "You know, no way in the world we can win." Okay, paying dollar ten. The favourites were paying a dollar ten, and saying they couldn't win. And he was saying the Kiwis couldn't win. Mm. And it was in the final, and I said, "Mate, oh. they're a chance." 2008 Rugby League World Cup mm. final. 2008 Rugby League World Cup final. 34-20. The Kiwis. Kiwis won that. They were saying in Australia, and I went to the first game. They lost it 30 to six. The best Australian side they've ever had. <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> and the rest is history. <laughs> and the egg was laid. Hi, guys. The biggest no-show was Kempi sleeping in and being late for the mate. show a month back. Cheers, Brian. And um, how's this? My mighty Chiefs on the weekend barely winning against the Rebels. How can you be such a top team at the start of the comp and then put on such a bad performance against the Rebels? Yeah, that's what we're asking, Dom. Exactly that. Come through 0800 811 the biggest no-shows and letdowns in sport. The Phoenix Suns had mm. it all, and then they didn't. Wow. I've got $150 of a Chemist Warehouse Mayhem pack for you. It's early morning mayhem here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Double eight, double three. light up the lines. What are some of the big no-shows and letdowns? It is half past six. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Love racing.nz. A bit of racing chat after this. <laughs> <laughs> 28 away from 7, 17th of May, and they're not letting you rest, Kempi. Now you're in the big seat, mate. None of this easy ride. That's what they're saying on double A, double three. <laughs> oh, you, you want to talk about the Aussies and the biggest no-show? What about 4-2, Kiwis versus Fiji, stacked <laughs> Kiwi team, and the key was not in the Wii that night. No, and and it wasn't just that. We were losing everyone. We lost the Tonga, we lost the Fijians, and I think we finished about... Twelfth, I think, in the in in a pool of thirteen. So it was a pretty ordinary <laughs> World Cup. One of the great blowouts that World Cup. Um, I think Adam Blair chewing his gum got more airtime than the Mate, next morning. Remember Jason Tomalolo pulled out right before the third, day before the the team was meant to come together in Auckland. Mm. It was an absolute disaster. And Kitty then Kitty came out that week and found the key in the Wii, and the rest of it was history. Uh, here's another one from James on the NBA theme: Steve Nash, Dwight Howard, Kobe Bryant. That's right. The Lakers team, the, one of the first super teams brought together, no show. Mm. Steve Nash's back went bad. That's a great one, James. What Keep about coming the 76ers? The super, tri- uh, super duo of Embiid and Harden. You see Shaq's comments? There's only one super duo, and that is Kobe Bryant and Shaq. I love it. They oh. deflated. What about that day you back Zaki? Couldn't lose. Zaki's a dollar fifty for uh, the Doom Cup, by the way. And this Smith, week. Smithy reckons that. Nah, not this week. I think oh, it's this weekend. Is it? Sadly. Oh, perfect. Oh. And Z- Smithy reckons the chosen one's going to knock him off. So chosen one's in the race. They're right. Mm-hmm. I doubt it would knock Zaki off this week. Well, that's what I said. And <laughs> <laughs> just like that, love has he not been watching Zaki? Loveracing.nz. Zaki, no, Zaki won't lose this weekend. If Zaki was going to lose, it was going to be fresh up because. Um, Annabelle Nisham said that she left them really fresh. Mm. So sometimes when trainers do this, when they they kind of don't work horses too much to kind of get them in that, you know, you know, it's like is he coming through preseason and you kind of want to be match fit, ready to go. So when you kind of, if you don't have a long preseason, like you've come back from the All Blacks, say late twenty whatever, late in the year, you go have your summer, you go to Rhythm of Irons, you absolutely send it. Yeah. You chuck on a couple of kegs and then you kind of get away with not having to turn up to the Crusaders preseason and do like the hard market that the other boys were doing. Then you kind of come through and you kind of get integrated back into the side, but you're probably coming back to playing in a game without being at your absolute top fitness mm. if you had done a full preseason, right? So Zaki, kind of similar situation. Annabelle thought she, he's a superstar. Let's not put him through like a hard, let's not get him really rock hard fit to go fresh up in the Hollandale Cup. 
couple of weeks ago. So he was bucking around. J-Mac said it was one of the hardest horses he's had got round to the starting gates because he was fresh as anything. He was, what are we doing here? Like He was gawking a bird, a white bird flew across the track and he like came off stride, changed legs. He was just acting like an absolute bizarre character and then once he levelled up, he put them away. <laughs> so he still brained them. Reminds me of a, stinks of an Al Sherrick kind of <laughs> setup. Just ask me. You know, just really building them into, you know, just a little situation, you know, last two races, just working, 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 and then bang! I would not name any trainers, but do you know what a good trainer will do? They will find a target, our favourite word in punting, they'll find a target or a couple of targets, and then nothing else will... So Zaki our target? Zaki's target's the Dooman Cup, and that's mm. why he's a dollar fifty because he won on the Hollandale when he was probably vulnerable. Mm. If you can find out what the stable's target is, and this is where information is key, mm. and this is what we try to do here at ECNZ on the Mail Run and on the Good Oil and on this show. If you can find out the target, and then you can start to work out, okay, what other trainers are targeting their horses for that race, mm. and then you can start to draw lines probably through some of the lead-up races. Well. Unless it's a freak, it's not wound all the way up for this race. It's drawn wide. They're probably going to go back and just want to see it running on. But then you get the superstar horses that they can win four races in a preparation. You know, 75% or an 85% or a 90% is good enough for it to win a race, a group one race. And that was where Winks, and you know, that's why horses don't win 30 races in a row like Winks did or whatever it was, Mm. because they usually take time. They need, you, you know... When Chris Waller's setting a preparation for Winks, he wasn't setting the George Main or, or whatever it was, the Turnbull for the main dish. The you know It was the entree to the Cox Plate, but she would go out there and win. And that's what Zaki's done in the Hollandale. He will win the Doomman Cup. Mm. The Chosen One, it'll be good to see him run another Group 1 placing. And, and look, if Zaki has an off day and a bird flies across again and he gawks and changes legs, all you can ask for is the Chosen One to be there. But that targeting and, and understanding what the target is mm and where a trainer long-term, short-term, and medium-term sees their horse, you know, that's the gold. That is the gold in punting, and it's um, that's like day-to-day. You know, if you're just punting every once in a while, that's why it can be hard. If you just if you open your TAB account every month on a Saturday and you just see and you kind of lost track of where the horses have been, where they're going, it can be quite hard, and that's where those pro punters get the edge because they're in it every day. They know exactly mm. uh, this horse is just going through a maiden race so they'll be taking it here to a midweek 65 to probably get another easy kill get it through the grades and just being able to exactly see and then line them up where have the other ones in the race been where have they come from where are they going that kind of 360 perspective and punting it's hard to do but it's where they get the edge that's where we need to go targets <laughs> targets Kempe give me targets they're, they're a lot like co- they're a lot like coaches eh? horse, horse trainers they do scarily so you know spoken to Alan plenty of times when he's setting horses for races the following year mm. saying you know look I'm yeah. gearing this one up for the following year to go to this race in the in the um, spring or the autumn next year so um, yeah and then they just take it on a journey and you're watching it go through the through the grades and through the races and then it finally gets down to the group one in Wellington or mm. up here at Ellerslie and you go Mate, now now we're now we're talking. He's got it. He's got it right. So, yeah, I like those ones. But they're hard to find though, because you you know it's not he. The, and of course, in horse racing, uh, they're not the only ones setting their horses for that race. Well, we've got one at the moment actually with Alan that we've been following since uh, the only. Well, there's probably been a couple, but one a real good example is because over summer, 
Kempe, you were with me over summer while you were on a beach. Um, Ideal. Remember mm. Ideal popped up and it was out of I do, Savabil, and Waikato Stud Colours, a four-year-old mare, hadn't been raced. And I thought, that's interesting. And, oh, okay, sure enough. No, that's right. I do, yeah. Al trained I do so you, or, so it was a really interesting one and and then I think um, was it Mark made the joke I Harold's this horse eight because he's taken so long with it and then we've watched it come through the grades in its first preparation broke its maiden um, I got ran a couple of re- ran a really nice race in a sixty five then came out and won a sixty five. Uh, and now, and I think we asked Alan, you know, what would you see it doing in its kind of five-year-old year? And he said, I'm just going to give it time. It's mum needed time. We're going to give it time, but it could be a kind of country's cut horse, or we can kind of go and find a fillies and mares race in the country. And again, we can follow that and we can watch this horse come through the grades to hopefully black type and a group one, I mean, got the talent, got the breeding. Mm. So we can follow Ideal and it'll be a good kind of... Um, I guess, test case on exactly watching those courses come through the grades and exactly finding out what its long-term targets are. And Yeah, no, it's interesting. I don't know, some, probably making some people's eyes glaze over, but it's what I find interesting no, about pumping. It's good. It's what well, it's the detail we need, mate, because uh, otherwise you're like me, you're muggish, and you just back anything. So you got to look a bit deeper, Louie. <laughs> look a little bit deeper. So I appreciate that little insight, mate. Some of my great days on the pump have just been backing anything. <laughs> <laughs> like the weekend. Just swinging. 19 from 7, loveracing.nz. Today they're trialling up uh, at a couple of different places. And then tomorrow we're at Cambridge Synthetic, so we'll find you a win. Uh, I've got Topor and Ashburton trials today. Cambridge Synthetic tomorrow. Rickerton Thursday. I assume that'll probably be on the synthetic again, which is exciting for them. Tarapa, Trentham this weekend. And after this, I've seen the quiz today. Ooh, come on. I don't know what you guys have done to Jacob. Come on. I don't know what you've well, done mate. to Jacob. He is angry. Did he go in the arc? Where'd he go? Did he stay with that quiz? He is angry, and he is taking it out on you on 0800 811. We're going to need a lot of you. Willem and Travel are going to need a lot of you. We want to get somebody to the Goldie. Is he your tour guide? What are you? Captain? Tour guide. Tour guide. You want to tour with me, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, you have a good time. So give us a call, 0800 150 811, to take on the Quizmaster. Give you a chance to head to the Gold Coast. Oi. Courtesy Oi. of Willem and Travel. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Questions on your radio Giving you the chance to head to the Gold Coast Five questions for the win Supercars on the line 0800-150-811 You're mine it's Quizzy Dag, give it a go. It's Quizzy Dag, now don't you choke. It's Quizzy Dag, who knows the most. It's Quizzy Dag, we're going to the go-go. Morning, morning, morning. Who wants to go to the Gold Coast? Me. 
Yeah, I know you do, Kempi. I do as well. We want to invite someone. Here we Trent go. Trent Barrett? Trent Barrett. He wants to go to the Gold Coast. No, he's coming to the Warriors. Hawaii? So you get here first. <laughs> hey. Here we go, boys. Jason from Auckland, you're up first. Morning, Jason. Morning, how's it going? Good, good. Question number one. Which country has been announced to host the 2031 men's and the 2033 women's rugby world cup? USA. USA is correct. Born in the party USA. in the USA. That's gonna Two go different off. eras there. Oof. How good. <laughs> Australia in the US. Here we go. Which country? Oh, no. Charles Leclerc crashed a Ferrari Legends car at Monaco on Sunday morning. Name the F1 legend. Uh, can I have a phone friend? His wife was screaming. Nah, nah, I got nothing for you. Come out. Oh, that's a. <laughs> is that a clue? I don't even know is if that's that appropriate. Oh, that is. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> <have> dumped that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll go to Simon in Auckland. Morning, Simon. How you going? Good, good. Charles Leclerc crashed a Ferrari Legends car at Monaco on Sunday morning. Name the F1's Legends. I uh, was Nicky Lauda. Did you get that? Did you get the clue? No. His wife, <laughs> his wife is uh, screaming. Oh. Wow. That is, oh, yeah. <laughs> that is out the gate. Ah, yeah. Here we go. Question number three. What was David Kidwell's famous tagline as coach of the Kiwis in the 27 Rugby League World Cup? Famous what? Sorry? His ca- famous tagline. His famous saying. Um, We've been saying it all morning. If you tuned in, shout six, five, four, three, uh, two. Can't, can't. No, it, but I can't. Uh, sorry, mate. All good. All good, Simon. Thank you. Tim from Christchurch. Morning. Here we go, Luke. Good, good, good. What was David Kidwell's famous saying as coach? Uh, it's not about the week. Yeah, but what's the saying? What's the saying? What did he say? Oh, I can't remember. Ooh. Sorry, Timmy. Have a good day, mate. We're going to go to Charlie and Geraldine. Charlie? Charlie and Christchurch, actually, at the moment. That's where I'm working. So Ooh. I drive over. The key is in the Wii. The key is in the Wii. Well the done. Key is Char- the key Charles. <laughs> the, key. the key is the Wii. <laughs> the key is the Wii. Beautiful. <laughs> Which Wellington Phoenix player turned down an opportunity to play in the A-League All-Stars game in favour to train with the All-Whites camp? Preparation for the World Cup qualifier. Oh, clue, can he please? Uh, he's got a boat. He's got a boat. Um, nah, no, no, oh. no, <laughs> Tough clue, tough clue. Charlie, have a good day, mate. We're going to go Richie and Upper Heart. Hey, Izzy. Hey, Richie. You'd know this. Um... Yeah, I'll go Ollie Sale. Ollie Sale Richie. sailed his boat away. and Richie's just shearing around. Richie is starting to become a quiz shark. Here we go. Richie, who was the last European basketball legend to lead the Dallas Mavericks to the NBA playoff success? Five, four, three, two, one. Oh, oh, Charlie. Oh. Uh, Richie, sorry, brother. Have a good day. I had him a dollar ten to yeah, get so that. I. We're going to go Dylan. This might be clue too, Dylan. Morning, Dylan. Morning, lads. Come on, Dylan. Who was the last European basketball legend? 
post up and do his famous fadeaway? Mm. No idea. Have we got a, have we got a clue? Come on, give Sorry, me. friend. Degler. Degler. Nah, no idea. Sorry. Sorry. Wow. Wow. Ed. Ed from Tolaga. Ed, morning. No, brothers. I don't know that either. <laughs> Ed. Oh, no. He doesn't know. We're going to go to Brett. Morning. Mike. Morning, Brett. Was oh, that you? No. you got Brett. Oh, Brett. Brett. Morning, Brett. Morning, bro. Morning. Who was the last European uh, basketball legend? He's the center, eh? Did he, did he play center? Ooh. Give us a name. Five, four, oh, number 41. Three, <laughs> two, one. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Have a good day, Brett. We're going to get a mic. Morning, Mike. Yo, Duke Nowitzki, mate. Yes! <laughs> And the lines are lighting up. The vultures were circling, Mike, but you swooped in time. Mike, you could be off. You're in the draw now. You could be off to the Goldie 500 with Izzy to go with Willem and Travel, one of the great sporting events. Congratulations, mate. Uh, Appreciate you calling in. No worries. Six minutes away from seven. Quizzy Dag. Mike, new person in the draw. You love to see it while the vultures were circling. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Mayhem Sale and find up to half price off Swiss and Go Healthy Vitamins. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepaid plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Eric Murray up after seven o'clock yesterday. The Independent Review Inquiry into Cycling New Zealand came out. Uh, well, some damning findings, but not necessarily the first time we've had them. Hey, our early morning mayhem this morning, I was asking you what are the biggest blowouts in sport, and Grant, well, you can help yourself to whatever we find in this Chemist Warehouse goodie box, this mayhem box, because your text is fantastic. 95, Union World Cup final, we had a winger like never before, but they had something you can't prepare for, a broken country. So it might have been a blowout by the All Blacks, but it is understandable. Grant on double eight, double three. Love that text, mate. And um, yeah, you've nailed it. Mayhem box from Chemist Warehouse coming your way. Beautiful. Keep those texts coming through on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Coming up, we're going to have a chat to Eric Murray when he gets off the D floor. He's with the Dancing with the Stars. We're going to talk to him about rowing New Zealand, the findings that they, they had to restructure as well. So his learnings and lessons from what he had to enjoy, but we'll be back shortly. Going to crave a McCafe about now. I'm going to go get one. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Periods, showers developing this morning, turning to rain this afternoon. For the South Island, mostly cloudy with a few showers. Join us tonight for A-League action. Western United taking on Melbourne victory from 9pm on SENZ. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Mayhem Sale and find up to half price off Maybelline and L'Oreal Cosmetics. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ.
Good morning, you're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SCNZ, Tuesday the 17th of May. We've just had Quizzy Dag. And remember, every single day, 0800 150 6.40am in the morning, we're running Quizzy Dag, giving you a chance to head to the Gold Coast. Mikey's just gone into the draw. He's a new caller, he's a new... Well, winner on the Quizzy Dag, so he's gone into the draw to win a trip to the Goldie, courtesy of Willamette Travel, so remember that every single day. Coming up in the next hour, we're going to talk some rugby, some community rugby club, a feel-good story. Patoni versus High School Old Boys in Wellington, 20-all. High School Old Boys pop back in the pocket, attempt to drop goal to win it in overtime, and it's charged down, and Sam Blackburn runs 100 metres to win it for Patoni. He's going to join the show later on. And then after eight, we're going to head over to the UK and have a wee chat to Andrew Miller out of UK and have a wee you know, conversation about the new signing uh, of Brendan McCullum. Baz, the old skip for here. He's the boss of the English cricket test team. And we'll have a wee chat from an English perspective about the new signing of their new test coach. So a big show ahead of you. But right now, we're going to rip into some... Uh, Olympic chat, some cycling chat. We're going to head over and have a wee catch up with our man, the great man, Eric Murray. And as another independent inquiry into cycling was released yesterday, it would have been a day for reflection and frustration for many involved with high performance Olympic sports in New Zealand, in particular those close to Olivia Podmore, whose passing was the catalyst for this yet another inquiry into the system that is failing athletes. Some findings out of this edition of a report that has been seen before again and again points to medals before people's culture and the one that lumps pressure on young New Zealanders who are in centralised programme with a power and balance between them and those administrating their job. Uh, Eric Murray's on the show now and he's going to join us and we're going to rip into this, well, inquiry into Cycling New Zealand. But before then, before then, Eric, and we're just going to damp a little. Are you still alive in, in the Dancing with the Stars, mate? Which Just before we get into Nitty Gritty, mate, are you still... Uh, you know, you're still ripping up those dance floors. I didn't see it, Eric. I must apologise. We um, <laughs> we skated, so we had a dance off last night. So um, yeah, mate, we need some votes. So you know, I'll just say right now, if anyone wants to text message uh, Eric to double three double three, then I'd love your vote. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it, love it, Eric, mate. Awesome work. It's uh, it's been it's been cool to watch you and, and Brody. I'm good friends with Brody Kane, and she's putting herself out there, mate. So. Appreciate you you're leaving it out there, mate. Um, but quickly, we've got to dive into this, uh, you know, independent inquiry into the Cycling New Zealand. Um, pretty damning evidence yesterday that's uh, been released. But, mate, what's your take? How, how are you doing? Obviously a huge day. I know you knew Olivia yeah. uh, really well. Yeah, I, I think the one thing that we've got to realise is that um, with Olivia's suicide, this was just like one of the straws on the camel's back. You know, yeah. it wasn't... It wasn't the straw that broke the camel's back, and I think that's one thing we need to mm. point out. Um, as far as it goes, I think it just does highlight exactly how we've been working in the high-performance environment, even from sort of my time where it, it is about medals, right? And, and it's, it's a hard balance because you've got one side where you've got taxpayers' money paying yeah. for all of these sports, and you need a return on your investment. So there's a very, very fine balance between trying to find the right mix of athlete well-being um, and then trying to get medals at the same time because we can't just give everybody some mm. cash and, and give them a bit of a cushy thing and say, oh, go and try your best. We, we still need to be looking at how do, we, how do we balance up everything that we've got. And 
you know, a few a few damning bits and pieces, you know. And, and cycling's quite unique because there's three disciplines, mm. and a lot of them don't need to be centralised. They can be doing their stuff all around the country in their support networks and bits and pieces. And I think that was one thing that really showed up. But 100% with what you were saying, the culture, you know, driven from the top down, um, the CEO, high-performance director, just that they, they were... They just weren't doing their job properly, and and that's really what it comes down to. So, don't need a witch hunt. We just need change because at the end of the day, all we're trying to do is put a really great environment in for the next decade or so, so that all the athletes coming through now can can make can have a, a fantastic run through the sport. Yes, there's been acknowledgement that shit happened in the past. You know, few apologies that are going to come out, and there's a lot of healing that needs to be done by a lot of people, but. You know, we, we've got to look at that and say yes mm. and acknowledge that, but then just look, how do we make this for the future so that we can get medals out of cycling, people can go through the program and say, that was fantastic, had a great time in my life, um, and that's the thing that we've really got to make sure we change. Hey, Eric, it's Kempi, mate. Both me and Louie have just gone on to uh, double three, double three, and put that vote in for you. Um, so you've got a couple. Oh, thanks, thing. It's probably, <laughs> probably just throwing you over the line there, so you're safe. Um <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I got I got a I got a question for you, and it's around some of the stuff that you're talking about, the environment, the people that are in positions. You're talking about the high performance director, but the people that sit above them too, that are in the governance positions. How do we change the this review situation that happens throughout all the sports? Like you went through it with rowing, I've been through it with rugby league. Um, we've just seen this this cycling debacle. Isn't it more about the people uh, at High Performance New Zealand and the people that are being put in those positions that are the problem? Oh, mate, I, I've, I've got to say one of the biggest things that it, oh, it all comes down to is cash, right? Mm. Like, you know, you, you have unlimited resources. You put in the best people. You have you have people checking up on you every day. How are you going? You know, you've got independent um, things inside your organisations, you know, because at the moment athletes can't be like, man, I feel like I'm getting too much pressure. You can't go and tell anybody because you can't go talk to the high performance director or the CEO because they'll be like, oh, hard enough. But it's like, that's not the style that that person needs. Mm. Um, you know, and then it even comes down to like athlete welfare in terms of like, at the moment, it's a performance driven funding model. So if you perform if you perform one year, but then you perform badly the next year, you get cut, you know, and like your money goes down. So where's your security? Where's your where you're sitting there going, shit, how am I gonna how am I gonna feed myself? Like, mm. what am I gonna have to do? Do I have to leave and go home? And then you've got pressure from the system saying, you've got to stay here, you know? So there's, there's a lot of things, and I think a lot of it does come down to resources. And at the same time, we can't throw tons more resources at it. We've just got to find out how how we make this mix, you know? And, and I'm still on the fence on the resilient side. Like, yes, you've got to remember entering these things. And I think that probably needs to happen a bit more is like, when you enter the high performance environment, you probably need like, there needs to be something there like, hey, <laughs> this is what it's going to be like. It's good. You're going to take some tough knocks. Mm. And I think a lot of times it's just that this well-being side comes down to age and your maturity. So you see some people that come into it a little bit later in life, you know, after coming out of school, going into the workforce, maybe going through uni and then coming in. Then you get your 17-year-old, leave school, straight into a centralized program, do what we tell you, holy shit, then that stuff goes wrong. Mum and dad aren't there. Like, mm. where do you go? What do you do? And I think that a lot of that is, is also that age and maturity around those programs at the same time. Yeah, a lot of accountability. That's what, what's happening when you're at the high level, mate. You're on on the world stage. There's a lot of pressure involved. I think the key is is, is having those tools and resources at their 
uh, forefront yep. of them so they can, if they are struggling, to potentially go talk to someone. Uh, Eric, obviously yep. you, you've been a part of, uh, of an outfit that's been through its struggles, but then you've come out the other side and, and someone, you know, a good friend of yours, Hamish Bond, the things you've done for Rowan New Zealand. So what are the, what are the things you can kind of, you know, some examples you'll be able to share with Cycling New Zealand to be, be able to maybe help them come through this so this potentially doesn't happen again. What are the some things that really stand out in, in yeah. the rowing setup? Oh, we, we changed a lot in our rowing setup in 2016, and it was right on sort of my exit, and, and we've been pushing it for years and years. And and a lot of it just comes down to transparency, right? It's You would have known when, you, when you're playing rugby, you wanted a list in the gym of everyone ranked order of how what your bench press is, right? Yeah. You know, or your yeah. run. And you knew you knew where you sit. Whereas what was happening is you do seat racing and you do time trials and stuff, you'd never get any information. So you're like, hang on, where's the transparency in all of that? So as athletes we really pushed hard to make sure that every every test that's done, every race that's done, the transparency's there. So that you can look at it and go, you know what? I'm I'm sitting in fifth or sixth place and there's only four of us going, shit, I need to up my game. And but if you don't have that information and it's kept secret from you, you're like, man, do they not like me? Where's the, you know? So I think a lot of it in that term does come down to just transparency of information from everything, all the decision making. Hey guys, we're looking at planning to go overseas this year and do like two World Cups instead of three. And the athletes should say, hey, but we, it's mid, mid, mid cycle. How about we go and do three? Is it not better that we get some bit more experience? And I think it's some, you've got to have a balance between the decisions made by that high level but also the decisions made by the people that are actually doing it mm. that, that know best and that know what is going to work for them. And that's, and that's where there's always been that disconnect because they're like, hey, look, we run the program, you just row or you just cycle, or you just run, whatever. But you're like, hey, but I think this could work for me. And, and that's one thing is it's trying to make it as, as centralised as a, as a squad system as possible, but then at the same time having enough leeway that you can find bits and pieces off the side that are going to work for certain people. Hey, Eric, so if you've got a disconnect, okay, if you've got a disconnect, you've got a people problem, and then you're trying to get professionalism into an amateur that comes up to Cambridge and has to ride cycles and doesn't get the money through high-performance um, sport that uh, they need, we know that resource is a problem. How do you change the mindset of the people that are making those decisions so that you are getting a professional attitude and not one that is always under pressure and in a, in a mental space of probably thinking that they're a failure as opposed to a, a success? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question because it is such a fine balancing act because, you know, you do have athletes that are that are targeted as specific, like, hey, we've got um, – you know, we've got ambitions for you. We think you could be in, in uh, sorry, in Paris at the Olympics. So a lot of the time and resources are going there. But then at the same time, you've got to be nurturing the people coming through, plus all the development stuff. And and it is hard. I don't know how. I don't know how the system. I don't know how how the best way for it to work will actually be. Um, but it, it is just making those decisions. And and it's also this is where that sort of the disconnect and and the sort of thing between the NSOs and high-performance sport New Zealand, where it, it was about medals, you know? So at the same time, if, if your job is in management to say, hey, we need medals, you just put your eggs into the basket so you know we're going to get that. And it, and it starts filtering off down the bottom that people get left behind. And that's what we, we saw in this report with cycling, was that, you know, they, they, they lumped a lot of eggs in the baskets to try and get some medals. And then all the other people just sort of get, you know, slowly 
pushed down to the bottom of the paper and, and slowly left behind. Oh, shit, we forgot about those guys. We, we left them on the bus, you know. That, and that's literally what it sort of feels like for the athletes because they're like, does no one care about me? Like, we didn't do a review mm. after, our, after our effort. Okay, we might have got seventh or eighth, but they didn't come and talk to us about it. And that's what it showed in that report was that athletes just feel like they're worth nothing. And that's, and that's where you get that problem. That's mm, no, interesting, mate. We we really appreciate you coming on, Eric Murray. You're an outstanding man. We appreciate what you're doing on Dancing with the Stars. But um, also, we'll be watching this uh, conversation with interest over the next couple of days, mate. You take care and uh, get back to uh, preparing. And what's that vote? What's that vote number again, mate? Send uh, Eric to mm. double three double three. I'm literally about to go off to training now because we've got to uh, we're gonna we've got to work our ass off this week because it's semi final week and we want to make that final. It's, it's great fun, eh? <laughs> <laughs> beautiful, beautiful, Eric Murray. Thanks very much, mate. All the best. Thanks, team. Also, awesome. Uh, just got a few little phone lines here for you. If you are out there and you're struggling, where to get some help? Lifeline 0800 543 354, available 24-7. And the Suicide Crisis Helpline 0508 828 865. That is 0508-TOTOKO. Available 24-7 and youth line 0800-376-633 or text 234, available 24-7. Um, yeah, so if you ever need help, just give those uh, call um, numbers a call and they're open 24-7. They're there for you to voice your, your concerns. Bang on, Izzy. There are always resources, but um, as Eric says, in these high-performance cooker situations where you men have both been, Ultimately, there is going to be a disconnect between what are people trying to achieve at the top level, which is medals in this case, mm. and then what people and the humans need that are part of that um, concoction to get there. And the analogy of, oh, they got left on the bus because they got seventh or eighth, there is a bit of a reality to that. And where Eric was super honest there was he said, I don't know how to change that. I don't know how to bridge that disconnect. Mm. Because there will always be that helplessness feeling when you're competing and you are competing for a job. And that's probably where the reward, where you guys have both um, achieved the great things, that's probably where you get that the other end of it, that serotonin release of uh, winning a World Cup or winning a game of NRL. So it is this is the brutal reality part of it, of sport, but the actual mistreatment of human beings is what you can't excuse, right? Yeah, like, that, that's why not everyone can play at the highest level because it is the highest level for a reason, and it is about winning. Winning is, is all a part about it. You know, like winning, you want to go out there and compete and you want to put your best foot forward and, and hopefully you'll get the rewards at the end. But sometimes it's not, not going to happen. So the difference between here is when things don't happen in, in different outfits, they've potentially got conversations being had three weeks down the track, calling them up, seeing how they are, just kind of just keeping the process alive. So once they, you know, perform badly, poorly, they're not just cut off. And that's what I'm kind of getting from Cycling New Zealand is if they're not in the top five or or, or four, you know, athletes, they're just getting left on the outer. And And that's hard. As a father, I think my question is when they are centralised, if I'm going to send my young 17-year-old son to Cycling New Zealand and they're not promising... Um, you know, safe environment or, or, or somewhere where it's these kids are going to be feel welcomed and feel loved, then I wouldn't send my kids there. But yeah, it's 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 an inter- it's a tough one because we all want to perform, we always want to win, but um, it's having that balance as, as, of caring as well. Yeah, top top two inches eight. Mm. Um, that's what Izzy's talking about. I've seen this throughout my whole career. 
okay? And, and it's about, it's not about people. It's mm. about having the right people at the top setting everything in place. Because generally what I've seen over the last 15 to 20 years is people getting these positions on governance and boards, especially, that are employing people, old boys, that are passing the baton on, that are there for the winners. Mm. They're not there for everybody. Yep, and they would much rather rub their shoulders with the NRL superstar than the person down in Waitara at club level. And that's where this is so wrong. You know, we need to be looking at the people at the top echelon, okay? And if they get Mm. the people right at the top echelon that think holistically about everybody, I mean the person at the grassroots, which we're all about, as opposed to the Eric Murrays that win eight gold medals or whoever, then... That's the right person. Mm. Hear you loud and clear. So does Richie. Sounds like Eric should have a role in high-performance sport. Great interview, lads, on double eight double three. Well, here you go. Here's your chance. 0800 150 811. You've heard Eric Murray. You've heard Izzy and Kempi their experiences as a father and as an as athletes. I mean, where is the disconnect? And actually, proactively, is there anything, are there any ideas that you have? Is there anything you see that could help this progress the high performance sport kind of model forward one last bit I want to leave you with and this is quite disturbing this was out of the report some cycling New Zealand athletes reported that they were afraid to speak up about personal grievances mental or physical health concerns or complain about staff processes that negatively impact them out of fear that they will be incapable and will not be selected this sense of mistrust has impacted this inquiry too and they go on to say that several athletes didn't even want to compete and, um, sorry, participate in this inquiry because of that. Now, that is what Kempi is talking about. That is a specific situation to Cycling New Zealand where the people in charge have developed a gulf in trust between them and the athletes doing the job. And that's not good enough. And I think that's what we heard yesterday loud and clear. 22 minutes past seven. It's Izzy and Kempi for breakfast here with Chemist Warehouse. Hear from you soon. Great savings every day. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Mayhem sale and find up to half price off Maybelline and L'Oreal Cosmetics. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. 27 minutes past 7 o'clock this morning. Hey, congratulations to Grant. If you're tuning in this morning, you missed early morning mayhem every day this week in the 6 o'clock hour. There's a can't wait question of the day, and all you've got to do is answer it, and you could win yourself $150 worth of those Chemist Warehouse goodies. So Grant, uh, you are our winner today, and I'd encourage everybody just to get up a little bit earlier. Start your routine a little bit earlier. There's a good text here. Izzy from Mark on double eight double three. if you want to get to that. Yeah, good morning. Izzy Kempi, Louis Aroha, Joe and Kez. Firstly, fantastic chat with Eric Murray around Cycling New Zealand. I commend you guys on how much you shed light on this side of life, keep up the great work. Secondly, how does it feel to be official Kempi? Awesome. And Izzy, what's it like having your name first? So I'm just getting used to it. Every time it's the the promo, this thing comes up, I look at Louie, he has a little giggle because it's Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. So I'm just getting used to it. But no, in all honesty, it's uh, that's why I love doing this job, you know, because we get to talk about things that relate to me and, and my own little struggles with mental health and and, and 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 the things like that and high performance and one thing that really stuck out like with Eric Murray is he spoke about medals you know and and we don't want to go out there and, and we don't want to lose we always want to win we want to perform but the other side of it it doesn't always eventuate it doesn't always happen and there's the downsides to it and I think one thing that I'm I'm getting an understanding from Cycling New Zealand is they love the winning 
but when it went wrong, they didn't know how to react to it and kind of help these athletes get through the, the, the downside to sport. And sport is, has its ups and has its lows. I've been there, I've been there before, and I know exactly what it feels like. So um, I think that's the biggest learning from this situation is, yes, we're sportsmen, we're sportswomen, and we want to win and we want to perform, but sometimes it's not going to happen and we need help and we need a little bit of assistance there once it goes wrong. And Kempi, the, the hardest thing about that in these Olympic sports is, you know why they love winning so much? because that's where the cash comes from and that's where the funding comes from and that's what Eric Murray is speaking about, resource. And you could probably relate to that in the rugby league side of things. Well, it's all about medals. That's, you know, the, the, the thing that Eric talks about, it's all about medals and unfortunately for New Zealand is they put all their eggs in one basket for a gold medal. Uh, so, so sports like rugby league, for instance, get a bit of discretionary funding, um, even though, you know, it's watched by more New Zealanders than any, any other Olympic sport. So... Uh, <laughs> I think the problem really that you're talking about is just the people that are in charge of that funding, that mm. funding pool. They're not the right people. You know, the, the real sad part for me, the, I'm, I've got to say this, I've read all those reports and the real sad part for me was Pat, the Padmore Fano saying that they hadn't heard from Cycling New Zealand for That's nine horrible. months. Mm. And I just thought, you know, it isn't hard even just to pick the phone up and if you're if you're in that position of a leader to say, we just want to send our condolences and, and we're working on and, and have a conversation. But for nine months, and, and the mum comes out and says, we're this the first time we've heard from them for nine months, it's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, that is unacceptable. I think we can all agree. And uh, Raylene Castle, Phil Holden, I think they met with the Podmores on Friday. Um, Phil Holden, this chairman of Cycling New Zealand. It'll be interesting to see what Cycling New Zealand do with their governance model moving forward. And Raylene Castle, um, I don't, yeah, I think Raylene Castle is probably still of the right ilk to be doing this job at High Performance Sport New Zealand. I don't think anybody's saying that Raylene Castle needs to move on, like that wouldn't be solving the problem. But it kind of, similarly to her job at Rugby Australia, Raylene Castle's got a massive mountain to climb here with um, remodelling exactly how what is going on here. She's got top tier issues, this being one of them, that are very public and I think probably underneath it, like Rugby Australia, there's a lot behind the scenes that she's probably knee deep in the weeds with right now. So, yeah. Just, it, just quick before you get off. Look, I think you'd be touched on it a while back, but, um, you know, like seats on the bus. Mm. Seats on the bus and and different agencies. And, and what I get a feel with Cycling New Zealand, they've got people in the, in the seats that are driving the bus, but are they the right people in the seat? Do they understand sport? They understand business. They understand the mechanics on, on having a successful business, but... The other side of it, business and sport, there are correlations there. They do do match, but there's differences as well. And do they understand those differences? That's the key, I think. Great question. And and do we need fresh blood? Are they just recycling the same people through these jobs? Is he? You know, that's another. That's mm. exactly what you're saying. And, that, and that's the thing that Raylan can do. Yes. Is stop doing that. You know, stop stop um, staring the same pot. Yep. And pulling out the same ingredients and filling the same seats. 28 minutes away from eight. Here's Otto Health the News for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Some sports headlines after this. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Mayhem sale and find up to half price of Healthories and Nature's Way vitamins. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. A pick and go by Manaya. He's denied by Pritchard. Four metres out from Malloy. Brandon Lawson for the win. Touchdown by Savoia. Blackburn has it at the 20 Boots the ball. The ball at the 22. 
<laughs> wow, we absolute scenes down there in the capital, is he? I got goosebumps. I got goosebumps there. Wow, Sam no. Blackburn, what a champ! I, mean, I, I watched that. I watched that before you. You said, "Have you guys seen this?" And I'd already seen it on social media. So, one of the best finishes over the weekend um, at club rugby. We're always talking about grassroots here. And Saturday, Patoni won in dramatic fashion. Uh, it was a Swindale Shield game over rivals Huddle Boys. I'm pretty sure it was played down on the Avon. I'll have to ask Sam a bit uh, about that. Tied at twenty all. The halfback. He looked like a front rower. Gets out. He's like sprinting, charges down the drop goal, and uh, it falls into Englishman Sam Blackburn. I think he had 21 on his jersey. So mm. I think Sam might have been like put in there as like, Rangy Lucy. Rangy <laughs> Lucy put in there to, to, to sort of make a massive difference. And he joins us uh, on the phone at the moment. Sam, did you come on just to just to do that, just to make sure that you guys could get home in that, uh, that final, what is it, 84th minute of the game? Yeah, well, I was actually uh, I was actually trying to find touch at the end there. So uh, yeah, I thought I thought we should play out play out the draw. To be honest, but no, <laughs> no, yeah, um, came on. It was my only touch, I think, of the whole game. So uh, yeah, you couldn't have asked you couldn't have asked for a better one, Sam. Just just take us through that, mate. Oh, the the guy chasing you, the guy chasing you. Could you hear him breathing down your neck? No, I couldn't hear much. Um, I was uh, yeah, I was bit of tunnel vision just trying to get the ball rolling end over end and uh yeah I, yeah I don't, I don't really know what was going on to be honest so uh until, until i had a pile of pile of the boys on top of me so yeah mate tell us about the post that like obviously you got <laughs> up you, you're excited was it was it a was it good celebrations or afterwards or at the time at the time and maybe just a little <laughs> bit of pg on the afterwards <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it was um, yeah, it was pretty pretty special moment. I mean, yeah, what's well, you know, obviously you you, you you might have seen some of the hits mm-hmm. before the actual uh, uh, charge down, but I mean, it's a uh, I'm not sure how much you know about the game, but it's a historic um, mm. local derby, so it's it's a, it's a pretty enormous occasion really for the boys, and uh, yeah, to see the emotions after um, to, to to get across the line was was awesome, and then. Uh, Post game, I actually couldn't hang around too much. My my mum's over from the UK. I haven't seen her for a few years, so we we headed away. And uh, I think the boys um, held their own. Uh, you know, took 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 the ropes for for the celebrations after. So uh, yeah. Nice. Well, you're having a solid season for Patoni. You're undefeated halfway through the season. So uh, your biggest challenge going forward, who's that going to be? Um. Yeah, there's a few coming up. I mean, we've got another six games of the regular season. There's still uh, yeah, a couple of big games. Um, we've got Poniki next week, uh, this this Saturday coming up, so that, that'll be a, a big one to go back to back. But yeah, we're I mean we're uh, you know obviously as the cliche goes, taking each week by by a week. <laughs> um, but we're, we're, we we believe in ourselves. We've uh, put in quite a bit of quite a bit of work, and um, yeah, we think we've. Uh, you know, um, uh, yeah, got ourselves in a good position so far this season. So, uh, yeah, see how we go. Jamie, it was quite inspirational what you did, you know, those locks flowing, and it was kind of hard not to get goosebumps watching it. Um, a acquaintance of ours, he, he has flown over the boundary rope a couple of times for his country. I can tell by your accent you are English. Baz McCullum coaching the Poms. What do you reckon about that? What's the bully coming out of uh, North, mate? Do, you, do they reckon that he can change the fortunes of England cricket? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's um, uh, yeah, I'm quite a big cricket fan. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. It's um, it's definitely a left field one. But I mean, what what a what a legend to have um, uh, in the uh, in, in the England setup there. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, from from my perspective, um, 
Uh, I'm not sure there's been an Englishman that has made, made a group of Kiwis so, so happy that on, on Saturday. I was, I was pretty pleased to be in that position. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome, awesome, Sam Blackburn. Hey, quickly before we let go, Tupo Sopwanga. Is that that's Lima's brother, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, you, I think I had heard you just then calling him a halfback, so I think he'll take that. Nah, um, he ain't no he, halfback, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was the one who charged it down, so... Um, yeah, dad bod Sopawanga. Uh, yeah, he managed to... <laughs> Has he got a mouth to, like his brother? Oh, God, it's... Uh, yeah, don't get me started. But, um, yeah, he's... Uh, yeah, to get in that position and charge that down after after 80-odd 80, 80 minutes was a uh, next-level effort from him. So, uh, fair play to the boy. Hey, Sam, have you phoned the coach up and said, listen... I don't want to be waiting for the 84th minute to get on again. Start me this week. You'll be starting, surely. You're starting, surely, are you? Oh, your words, not mine, mate. Your words, not mine. I'm, uh, yeah, not not my decision. So, uh, no, see, I, I mean, it's we've had some, yeah, some pretty strong competition in the squad. I've been having to, I've had to work hard to even get a spot on the bench this season. So, um, yeah, no, it's um, we've got a, a strong squad, and um, yeah, keen to keen keen to keep it rolling. Well, you definitely did that on the weekend, Sam. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Izzy and Kempe show this morning on SENZ. And, uh, mate, I know you'll play that reel a thousand times before the end of the week. <laughs> Put it on everyone's social. Um, but, mate, go out there. You guys are going well. All the best for the rest of the season. No, cheers, gents. Thanks for that. And, uh, yeah, um, yeah, appreciate your time. Man. Izzy and Kimpy show. Yeah. The big hit is Sam Blackburn. And do you know what? When you're uh, pounding the pavement as an amateur athlete, which mm. uh, you, you lads actually can't relate to, so this is where um, us mere mortals come into our own. So when I'm out there, you know, weekend what do you, worrying. What do you think it, we didn't train, mate? We, we, no, we no, no, no. Hey, hey, hey. Let me finish. We, weekend warriors fit. out here. Do you know what we are aspiring to? Club rugby game where they've got that dodgy, <laughs> they've got that dodgy camera angle from the one pivot point on halfway, and a finale like that. So that's you're right when you said you can play that back. That's all we've got to look forward to, and that is exactly what you ever would have wanted. Just to sit and you can share it on your Instagram, your LinkedIn. I'm putting it on my. That's a moment. If I'm Joe, I'm putting it on my Bumble oh, bio, it's a great moment. my Tinder bio. Watch it again and watch the guy chasing. Like, watch it again and watch the guy chasing. Like, he doesn't give up, but he knows he's never going to get there. And he just keeps on going. And then that bounce, you couldn't have got a better bounce. Sam couldn't have got a better bounce to score that try. 20 or 84th minute, club rugby is alive and flying in Wellington. I love it, mate. The grassroots, that's where it all begins. The the sun, Saturday afternoon, in the rain, in the cold. And Sam Blackburn gets the win. And Tupo Sapuanga, when I seen that name, mate, the big boy, Dad Bod Sapuanga, how good. If you were there, 0800 what was it like in the crowd? Double eight, double three, the temper bedpost text machine as well. I want to hear from you. And actually, club sport, uh, we're right into our club season now. There's footy going on up and down the country. Whereabouts in Aotearoa are you? And what club legend would you like to give a shout out? Get in touch with us. Seven away from eight, you're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Warehouse Mayhem sale and get up to half price off big brand vitamins and cosmetics. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Oh, and the temper bedpost text machine has come alight, Izzy. I was at the game. Awesome moment. One of the greatest tries. Well, if you were there, you'd be losing your mind, wouldn't you? It was outstanding, mate. If you were there, the crowd was going ballistic. You couldn't even hear anything. That clip, like you'd think there was 20,000 people there the way they were carrying. It was awesome to see. And Brad's come in, and it just reminds me of the Bowden Barrett try in 2015. 
exactly the same situation, apart from the charge down, but the grab bar, yes. the, the using your foot the to get there, the bounce, it bounces up perfectly. Go Bowden! And Bowden, that wow, Good commentary boy. with Nisbo and, and Marshy. Back in the day, mate, I played Bow. two I played two finals down there. Mm. One of the first one was 93 minutes for Ranwick against Upper Hutt, and then we played him again the following year, and the, and the final was 85 minutes. Mm. Lost both of them. You lost, sure those weren't the years? 85 yeah. and 93? <laughs> actually, the, actually, one of those games was in 1985. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I wasn't even kidding. Uh, one last one from Jamie. Upper Clutha Rams drew 32 all with old rivals Wakatipu to keep the White Horse Cup in Wanaka mm. until the next challenge. Both teams are legendary for the way the game was played. That's from Jamie. Jamie, they love their code down in Central Otaga. Targa. So uh, thanks for coming through with that. And club sport it is well and truly live. We'll try to keep up with it moving forward over the next few weeks, Daggy. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Send us your results from the Hawks Bay era. How did my mighty Pirates get on? I think they had a wee loss. Hey, he is. Difficult, is. yes. Are you an Origin supporter? Yeah, Origin, mate. Queenslander! But I live in Christchurch, so I don't know why I support them. But anyway, we love having a <laughs> giggle about that. Yeah, Queenslander. Because they win. Get up, Queenslander. Anyway, come up. We're going to cross over to the UK to have a chat to Andrew Miller about Baz McCullum. I'm going to go get a McCafe about now. He's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Mayhem Sale and find up to half price off Swiss and Go Healthy Vitamins. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Good morning, you're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ, Tuesday the 17th of May, it's just after 8 o'clock. If you're just joining us, welcome in to our show. We've spoken to Eric Murray, and we spoke about the Cycling Review, released some pretty damn evidence that the imbalance between officials and athletes is evident, and you want to go have a listen to that, head over to our bear, no, Wow, again, take two. Head over to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on the SCNZ app and get all things podcast. <laughs> oh, we're going we're gonna to do a running tally here. That's 2-1. Yep. Kempi nearly did it. No, I'm it. <laughs> no, he's fresh. He knows. He's not even <laughs> on his mind. But no, honest, in all honesty, you've got to head over and have a wee listen to Eric Murray. He was... Uh, yeah, it was great. Had a good conversation, open conversation, honest as anything. Interview. Yeah, and uh, you'll be uh, yeah, pretty impressed with what he had to say. So make sure you head over and have a wee listen to Eric Murray. But right now, we're going to cross over to the UK because, well, does anyone remember what happened on Friday? Yeah, that's right. The Crusaders gave the Brumbies a hiding. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> good. But the other big news story, yes, Baz. Hurricanes won. <laughs> oh. 
don't mind me. Yes, Baz Boss McCullum was confirmed as the new coach of the English Cricket Test Team. We all know Baz Eslos down here on this show more than most, so will his hyper-aggressive mindset work well with the English? They're a tough crowd up there, and our man Andrew Miller knows. He's the UK editor for ESPN Cricket Info. Evening to you, Andrew. Good, good, good morning over there. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. Bring it on. Yeah, so so what was your initial reaction to the news Friday surprise? Did it catch you off guard? Well, someone, someone showed me um, a, a tweet uh, before before the news was announced. It says, Brendan McCullum, bloody blah, coach. I thought, yeah, tell me something new. Mm. And then I suddenly looked at it again. Test coach? Are you shitting me? Sorry, <laughs> sorry. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, know, I, I never saw that coming. But, but then I then I stopped to think about it. I thought, you know what? I'll have some of that. Yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather I'm rather sold by the notion already. A, a bit like I think um, um, Andrew Strauss, Rob Key, and Co. were sold by by Baz at the interview process. He he gave him a vision. And I thought, yeah, yeah, we like that. Yeah, well, I understand where you're coming from. Obviously, where he's so renowned in the T20 with the white ball, his aggressive nature. But he has played 101 tests for New Zealand. He scored a triple hundred. So he knows what it takes to take a team to the next level. He's done it with New Zealand, um, you know. Like, so can you, what are you expecting? What changes? Obviously, you got a new captain with Ben Stokes, and you got Baz McCullum coming in. What what, are you, what changes are you expecting? Well, mindset fundamentally. I've actually I've been up in Leicester, Leicester today uh, talking to Jimmy Anderson, and obviously he's he's uh, been out of the side um, over over the winter with in in the Caribbean, but. He was. I asked him, you know, is, is it is it simply a case of mindset? Can you simply, as a sportsman, able to just sort of take a new, fresh pair of eyes at something and think, yeah, okay, let's try something different? And he said, yeah, pretty much. You know, all these guys come into the side as pretty well-rounded cricketers. Frankly, mm-hmm. it's just you know, if they if they don't come in with the with the right game brain on, uh, they get found out. And, and you know, a classic case, in my opinion, is Josh Butler. You look at what he's been up to at the, at the World T20. Uh, smashing, well, he beat, beat Australia hollow in, 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 in that group stage game, an amazing century against Sri Lanka, and he's been tearing up in the IPL. And somehow, in between all of that, he had the ashes where he, he just looked, he looked, at, looked lost out in the middle, mm. frankly. And, you know, if he, could, if he can just take the mindset he had in white ball cricket and take it straight back into test cricket, I mean, it's not easier said than done where you've got Pat Cummins bowling around your head and for, for X number of overs of time, but you know what, I don't, think it's, I don't think it's necessarily that different. And as you say, Baz has done it. Mm. You know, he's, 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 he's uh, extrapolated his, his form into, obviously got that world record 54 all century uh, mm. in his final in. But, uh, but equally, he spent 13 hours getting a triple century. So, you know, he, mm. he's perfectly capable of, of, of translating it into a different format. So, you know, he's been there, done that, and I think he'll take that into his leadership. Let's not forget, Andrew, you've got a Kiwi captain as well as a Kiwi coach. So it's got world champions written all over it. Um, what, about, <laughs> what about what about Hussain and Goward, the, the old ex-players? What what are they taken to Bears being the coach up there? What's what's the media been like from those ex-captains of the of the English team? Well, I, I think broadly speaking, there's, there's support. I think there's, there's a real sense that something had to change. I mean, the worst thing England could have done was been played this safe and just, just gone, for, gone for a safe pair of hands because the last thing they needed was a safe pair of hands. They've got to shake something up because uh, they, uh, you know, last time I was on, I, I, you asked me, how, how's it been for me? It's been woeful. Watching England <laughs> playing the worst test cricket I've ever seen, it's been really, really dispiriting. And I think that extends across to the old boys like Gower and, and Hussain. And obviously Hussain is a very um, close 
um, comrade of of Key of Rob Key, obviously working together in the in the Sky Sky Sports Studio for a long time. Uh, and you know, Hussein Hussein will be in Key's ear. He will he will tell Key when you know when he thinks he's playing a blinder and when he's not. He'll be pretty honest with him. And I bet you he 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 was saying to him, "What do you think? Give, give me your honest opinion. Would you would you would you back Brendan McCollum if I went down this route?" And the fact they've gone for it makes you think that, uh, broadly speaking, he comes in with the support of the, yeah. of, of, the, of the hierarchy, so to speak. Oh, I've spoken to Bears, and he knows um, the mammoth challenge that's ahead of him, um, getting England cricket and you know the respect and the responsibility that lies in front of him from the, uh, the English pundits. They love the cricket over there. It's, it's where cricket was you know, invented and, and traditions lie at Lord's, uh, the cricket ground there. There's so much history. Um, for, for you, like, do, do they have the troops? Can they rally behind Baz? You've got a new skipper, you've got a new coach. Do they have the depth and the troops behind them to get them back to where they need to be? That's a million-dollar question, to be honest. I think they do. I, I do think, you know, with, with um, Joe Root and, and Stokes, close buddies, and mm-hmm. Joe Root, is is pound for pound the best best test batsman in the world at the moment. Yep. Jimmy Anderson, Stuart Broad will be gunning to get back and prove a point. Uh, and then there's the young guns. And I don't know. I I, I think Zach Crawley because the, the, the one one thing about Baz that, that fascinates me. I mean, we, we did an interview with him at Cricket for a long time ago, and he he basically said something along the lines of, uh, you know, actually people might find this surprising, but everything about my cricket stems from my defence. If I'm watching the ball. And you know, playing the playing the good ones with a straight bat, everything else flows from there. I think I think you know Ben Stokes in particular will lap that up as a, as a, as a mantra because you know he's a, he's a guy who who can take a long time to to calibrate his innings before goes goes for his big shots. And if that sort of mindset can permeate the team, that you know you know what I may be Brendan McCullum, but it doesn't mean I'm I want you going gung ho from ball one. Um, you know, play play the ball of merits or the rest of it because uh, you know not that I want to dredge up. Memories, I seem to do this every time I come on, but the, probably the second worst memory you have of World Cup final. Mm. Um, what did Baz do on the, in, the, in that first day against <laughs> Mitchell Stark? He didn't watch the ball, did he? <laughs> that yeah. first over, he, he, said, he said, look, I, fundamental error, I didn't watch the ball. So if, if you can, you know, ingrain that, the mindset thing that, that I think he'll bring into his role, um, you know, it, it's, just, it, it's just, a, just a bat and ball game, stupid. Just, just, just play it on merit. Mm. Hey, Andrew, has there been any talk about the backroom staff that are supporting Bears over there? Like, is there, um, you know, someone that we haven't thought about that's going to go in there and support him from a, from a, uh, a like a co- coaching perspective or selecting um, perspective that we haven't heard of? Yeah, that's a good point, actually. There, there, has, there has been talk about some sort of um, almost a, an exchange scheme with the counties, just trying to get, get some of the some of the best county players to come on and, and give their input a bit more into the test side. Because you're right, the one thing that he does come in is perhaps with a, he doesn't have the badges, doesn't have all the coaching ECB level fours that, that uh, the previous regime thought was the most important thing. And so that does mean, you know, he may be maybe a little bit blind to some of the nuts and bolts stuff that comes to, to being a coach. Um, so yeah, that, that, is, that is an area that will be, will be important. But, you know, fundamentally, I think it's, it's really a case of just, just, you know, trusting these guys. Once you've been picked for England, there is a general assumption. You know what? You probably know your game pretty well. You to have made it this far, mm. trust your game. And I think that's that's the thing that he will be in, in, instilling into them right from the word go. Starting at Lords, which I think is fascinating, because uh, you know, way back again, you know, the Lords Lords 2015 Test match against New Zealand. 
pound for pound, my favourite test match I've ever watched. It was an absolute corker. And it was also kind of a, a parting of the waves in, 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 in a little bit for England because, you know, the, the mindset that, that you, you had in that, that game where, where they're going hell for leather for five days, a lot of that got taken into the white ball game for England. And obviously we know what happened with that almost at the expense of the red ball game. So if they can tap back into that mindset with, with Baz on their side instead of the guy who's sort of egging them on from the New Zealand camp this time, um, it could, we could be in for a corker. Andrew, I know you like a good time. It's Louis here, mate, because uh, you've heard you, your gin and your family's gin exploits you've uh, mentioned from time to time <laughs> on the show. Now, I don't know if you care about horse racing or you've been to Ascot previously, uh, Royal Ascot, but I'm just going to give you something here. Here is a feature that I can see ESPN Crick Info doing. You could get yourself in a top hat, a full penguin suit, take bears, meet bears down at Royal Ascot, the carnival. Talk. I'm thinking like maybe 18 months, a year into his reign. How Bears McCullum, the horse racing, um, hyper-aggressive cricketer, changed the fortunes of English cricket, cricket. Have a great day out at the races. I can see the photos. I can see the feature right now on your website. What do you think? Bring it on, mate. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with Morgan as well. They'll be a great day. Yeah, Morgs, that's right. They, they love it, those lads. Oh, how they good. They do. And I'll I tell you what, the, the, last, the last thing on that, though, the, having Morgan, Morgan and Baz, mm. almost the white ball and the red ball head, head honchos in two different dressing rooms, almost talking from the same, same, same hymn book, I think, I think it could be fascinating to watch. Yeah, I know how much respect he has for Owen Morgan, yeah. and uh, he's obviously been part of the KKR setup. <laughs> Over in India. Um, quickly, before we let you let you get into your day, um, let's talk to us about the English setup. One thing I've noticed over in England is the celebrity status. So, how is Bears going to go from little old Mata Mata in his little ranch to the big lights of England over there? Will the red carpet be flowing? Will the red carpet be club? Uh, you know, will the red carpet be rolled out for Bears? Skip McCullum will be hanging around with David Beckham and and rolling around with posh boys. Is that the kind of situation we're going to see with Bears? <laughs> he, he's coped with the IPL. I'm sure he'll cope. He'll cope, he'll cope with with our, our, our minute celebrity by comparison. I mean, nah, nah. He, he, I think I think he'll love it. I mean, you know, he, he's been over here plenty of times. New Zealand seems to be here every other summer in in, in the last few years. So it's uh, yeah, he'll, he'll be welcomed back like an old friend. Awesome, um, awesome. Well, yeah, he is, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, we appreciate you coming on the show, Andrew Miller. Always insightful as, as anything, and uh, appreciate your lead into what to expect for Baz McCullum when he's coaching the English Test side. Just getting used to that new saying, coaching the English Test side. Appreciate it, mate. Pleasure. All the best. Awesome. Andrew Miller out of the UK. Ooh. Great gin cabinet. Mm. His wife has a gin blog, oh. and uh, we've seen photos. Remember over summer when they were getting absolutely poleaxed by the Aussies in the ashes, and he was saying, oh, no, what gin should I drown my sorrows with tonight? Yeah. <laughs> this is about 400 you gins. A, you had a night on gin, have you? Not good for me. <laughs> <laughs> have, you guys actually, have you guys actually taken the time to think about how big a job this is for Bears? Yes, mm, I, I, have. Have. I like, have. We know how like the media... Over in the UK, Savage. they are brutal. Mm. They don't, they don't like that. But someone that's got a thick skin, but like yourself, Kempi, mm. that'll be Baz McCullum. But mate, he, I spoke to him. I said, "What are you doing? Challenge. Loves a challenge. Loves it. Never get comfortable, you know. He mm. loves a challenge. He's gone over there. He knows what England got smashed in the Ashes series four one. He knows what he's walking into, and there's no imagine the Netflix series that'll come out if he gets an opportunity to take England back to oh. where they have been before." 
that's what inspires and that will add to his legacy. I'm not worried for Baz. I'm worried for people that don't see eye to eye with what he's trying to implement. Mm. And if he gets any defectors or defectors and people trying to be negative about the kind of the, the identity he brings the English cricket side, because that's what he'll do. He'll say, this is the way we're going to play. This is that, that When he pitched that to Rob Key and Andrew Strauss, he would have given them utmost clarity. And that's what they said. He just had the most clear idea of what he wanted to do. And we've, it's probably all stuff we've heard him mm. talk about on the show, yeah, isn't it? We've probably sat here and we listened exactly to a lot of it. Exactly. Because mm. he wouldn't lie. He's no bullshit. Mm. And he's sat there and he's done it. And so if people can't get in line and get behind that, I would worry for them. I don't worry for Bears. I think he's going to love this. I think he'll relish it. And I'm actually worried that England are going to become the powerhouse again. I think just outside Buckingham Palace. I think inside <laughs> <laughs> Windsor Castle. The, the, he'll, he'll, the be based, w wing. he'll be based in a nice little situation. Royal Let's just say that. Uh, look, yeah, it's it's a huge opportunity. And, and it's not going to be smooth sailing. He knows that. And uh, we all know that. Like They're going to go through some challenges, but you know, it just makes the, the process and the journey even better. So we'll be watching it with interest. Hopefully uh, July is when they start coming, coming right, is it? <gasps> He's going to pay. Come on, as Baz would know, they're going to need a couple of months just to really bed in, you know. Mm. We won't need to worry too much, will we? 0800 150 811. Have you thought about it over the weekend? How big of a challenge is it? Give us a call. And, and do you still really, really think it's a great signing if you did? Genuinely, come on, be honest with us. Double eight, double three as well, the Temper Bear Post text machine. Baz, he is, it's not wasn't all a dream. He is off to coach the English Test cricket side. We are here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. It's Izzy and Kempy for breakfast on ECNZ. Excuse me. TAV.co.nz with Pauli Mwadi after this. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Mayhem sale and find up to half price off Swiss and Go Healthy Vitamins. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempy for breakfast on SENZ. Oh, one of the great show names. SENZ, 24 and a bit past 8 o'clock this morning. Andrew Miller, he is the UK editor for Talks sport, uh, ESPN Cricket Info I should say, and um, we just caught up with him about Baz's appointment in the UK. What are they making of it up in the UK? If you missed it, head to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, our podcast channel, in the SCNZ app as well. You want to catch up with that. Right now, tab.co.nz is where you can go to get all of your bets on, especially the PGA Championship this week. Izzy gave us the big drum roll last hour, and he's going to declare Paul Mwadi who wins the PGA Championship. Colin Morikawa. $20. Back to the well. Bang. Colin Morikawa <laughs> will get it done. You hit it here first. Fantastic. Ryan Fox, $176 yesterday, $276 today. What an insult. TAB. Paulie, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I guess everyone's going to follow you in with the Colin Morikawa, so we're going we're gonna to afford to push Foxy out. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good Colin Morikawa is a good uh, like I think he's a, he's 100% right there to win it Paulie but uh, just looking at the top 10 would you not say and you, of course you are the host of the illustrious golf podcast the cut line we should say $3.20 top 10 for Colin Morikawa that's pretty handy cash very very handy cash um, he oh, look it's a stacked field mm. um, even without the defending champ not there um and it, it's hard to look away for player, from players like Colin Morikawa, uh, Scotty Scheffler, 
um, John Rahm, who picked up a victory in Mexico a couple of weeks ago. Um, Cameron Smith, who's been there mm. or thereabouts for the um, past month and a bit. So Is he in the yeah, field? He's, yeah, he's in the field. Cam Smith. Oh, he yep. is. He's yeah. playing. Right, sweet. So have you got yep. a top 10, a top 10 finish power play for Scheffler Smith? Because you had a nice juicy one for the Masters, paying six bucks. There, the play, um, the play, uh, power play, sorry, will be out either later on this afternoon or tomorrow morning. So keep your eyes out. But if if, if there's a power play, you're really what, keen on. What do you on. want, is he? What should we put together? Yeah. Let's let's make one. Make one up. Ooh, um, for a top ten. Oh, well, let's let's do a little power play. Let's just conjure one. You can you can probably. Put, I'm sure the bullies can. Um, they can work they it out. You need someone outside of it, eh? So you... Well, I mean, why not? Why not just put like Foxy top forty and Morikawa top ten? Yep, bang, there you go. Give us one. Fox top forty, Morikawa top ten. Oh, paying twenty five dollars. Sound of that. Alrighty, <laughs> I'll get the boys. The, the, the bookies will sort that out for you. Thank you. Oh, nice stuff. And yeah, no Cam worries. Smith and uh, Pinners—they're going to be dangerous again, Paulie. All right, what are we looking at today? And um, by the way, did punters have a fill up on Luka Doncic yesterday? I mean, what an incredible game of basketball that was. Uh, he was ridiculously good, and yes, punters jumped on. First of all, the Dallas Mavericks, who I think were around the three-dollar mark head to head. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they jumped on uh, the Mavs. Uh, we had a punter who was really, really taken by the way, by the quick start that they got off to, uh, and put around fourteen hundred on the Dallas Mavs to win by thirty-one or more during the first quarter, and that was paying about seven fifty. Uh, so he, he was he was fairly happy with his work yesterday. Uh, we've got the odds out for Game One of both the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. Uh, the Miami Heat are a dollar eighty in Game One. Uh, Boston Celtics a dollar ninety seven, and the Golden State Warriors a dollar forty six up against the Dallas Mavs at two sixty five uh, to win the Good actual money. NBA championship overall. The favourites right now are the, Dal- are the Golden State Warriors at two dollars and twenty cents. They have been the best back team uh, throughout the season of the four that are left. So they're the worst result for us. Um, and I guess the way that they sort of took care mm. of a of a Memphis Grizzlies team who were without Jar Morant for um, the end part of that semi-final series, they sort of did the business they, that they needed to. So I can understand why they're favourites, but crikey, Luca, if he turns it on in this uh, Western Conference final series, the Mavs can, could go and upset the Warriors. I've got no... I've got no sort of qualms about that. They are a very, very good team. And the faithful are back. They're back in the Warriors. Oh, Warriors 235 oh. <laughs> up against the Dragons at $1.56. Money on the Warriors early on this week. Don't, don't, don't. You don't need to, to leave on a sombre note. I'll just tell you, Paulie, there's a great bit in their outright odds for to win the NBA championship. You've got that market wrong. The Boston Celtics should be favourite, mate. I don't think they're going to have too much trouble with the heat. I might have to eat my hat. But I think the Warriors will have more trouble with the Mavs than the Celtics will with the Heat, and I think Celtics have to be a prohibitive favourite right now. So two twenty-five, three bucks. I actually think that should be swapped. That's just me putting a little nick on the line. But um, we'll, we'll see. I'll go go. I'll go have a little bit there at tab.co.nz, and we'll see how right I am. Good to catch up, mate. Fantastic, boys. Catch you again tomorrow. 
There you go. Cheers, Paulie. We've actually got a fifty dollars TAB bonus you think the to ticks, give away. You think the ticks can beat Golden State? I, I actually think Miami Heat will push the ticks. Obviously, Celtics um, are playing some some great basketball at the moment. But Jimmy Butler, I think the Celtics defense to contain uh, Giannis and mm. Drew like they did, yeah. granted without Middleton, I think in the half court Miami is going to really struggle to score against the, Celt- the Celtics defense. And I think the Celtics can get to 110 points every game with the way Tatum's playing. He's going to be the best player in the series, head and shoulder. Mm. He has now got to that superstar level. And I think the Mavs, why would you ever underestimate Luka Doncic just seeing what he did to the the Suns? Well, you look at Dirk when he carried that team to their NBA title against the Heat. Mate, that was freakish. It was. Freakish, mate. He just put that team on his back, and that's what Luca's doing at the moment. You saw them embrace uh, after that game. Cool it was moment. pretty cool, eh? Yep. Pretty special to see that. So, yep. There you go. Someone's come through and said, can any side Bring action on the Celtics get swept by Miami? Miami. Harry. Harrison Marker. What do you want, little 2-4 Spates Ultra? Anything, brother? I'll be like this. You're on, Harrison. 29 away from nine. We got a $50 TAB bonus bet to give away. Let's do it. Who wins the PGA Championship? Izzy says Colin Morikawa. Kempi and me will go and cook up our answers, and I want you to come through. Double eight, double three. Who wins the PGA Championship? We got a $50 TAB bonus bet for one of you. Araha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. <laughs> SCNZ, 26 and a half away from nine. Your picks to win the PGA Championship streaming in on double eight, double three. We'll get to those in a second. Uh, Kempe, huge news yesterday. Trent Barrett, well, was it a plank? Was he walked? Did he walk? Was he sacked? This is Phil Gould. Well, it was Trent's decision. I mean, certainly I wasn't going to sack him. He just wanted to end the speculation and any pressure on the board to have to make a decision. Or, yeah, so he took it upon himself and, and that's where the weekend sort of ended up. It didn't happen. It didn't happen overnight. So, you know, we had a conversation, and it happened overnight. Of course, it didn't happen overnight. It was under pressure right from day one. You got to think too. Trent Barrett is the second time he's been punted from an NRL club. So, does he come back from this and and pick up another club? And he came from Penrith after they they um, got themselves a final. So, um, coach in the New South Wales set up. Yeah, you know, he's just can't get the you know. Some people just aren't made for the NRL. Yeah, who isn't? You saying Trent well, wasn't? Well, you'd have to say the same thing about Stephen Kearney. Mm. You know, he's had he's had Parramatta, he's had the Warriors, he's now back at Melbourne. You know, it's, it's like how many times do you go around the the Merigo bush? You know what I mean? Like, it's just one of those things where if well, you're gonna if you're gonna take that team down the bottom of the of the table, man, you want some luck to go your way. Mm. Do you think this is a lucrative job, the Bulldogs' job? Oh, look, I think or any, in a, a desirable job, I should say. Yeah, I do. I, I honestly do. I think it's. Too Are you going to leave us? I, not a chance. Because <laughs> we can't go through another. <laughs> we can't lose another breakfast toast to a coaching gig. No, no. I've already got a sore knee. I'm happy to run. I'm happy to run hooker for uh, Izzy in the in the spine. I know, I know what you're saying with that situation. Like when you go into coaching, the head coach role is totally different to the assistant role, and head coaching role is made for some, and it's made and it's not made for, for for others as well. Whereas I think if I look at a Trent Barrett and the player he was. He's probably a little bit more of a hands-on coach and getting in there doing all the technical side of the game, the game plan, the play, whereas when you're in the head coach role, you know that Kempe, you're a bit more of a man manager. 
a woman manager. You're managing 100%. the team. You're in the helicopter view. You're overlooking. You're creating a culture and environment that needs to be like Wayne Smith, like what you explained. What Wayne yeah. Smith would be doing right so now. So Wayne Smith, his situation now. He, you know, you saw when he was head coach, probably didn't have the success that he was able to with when he was an assistant coach. Yeah. And that's what they're trying to do. I think that balance with Trent Barrett, I think he's an assistant, he's not a head coach. I'm a, look, I make, I made the point, you know, when I, when I went into the first grade um, position, I wasn't ready. And what I know now, like, there's so many pieces of the puzzle that you have to put together when you're a head coach, and you have to put that whole piece of that puzzle together before you can have at least have a chance. And I don't I just don't think he he had all the pieces together. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. And and there was pressure on, you're right. Phil Gould said it was an overnight decision. It wasn't. Brandon's Brendan's come through here and it's not McCullum. Um Kempe, now Barrett's gone. Who's the next coach on thin ice? Oh look I I think I well I think Brownie's on thin ice. Um without a doubt, you know. But lots of jokes being made that Trent Barrett's the next Warriors coach. No, no. Uh, jokes aside, Kempe, like we, if, they, if we're if we're about the Warriors, we're about pathways, and we want to promote our own and establish our own here in New Zealand. The genuine question that I pose to you is: I don't know too much about the underlying the community and the club level of of New Zealand League, but you'd know the coaches out there that potentially could come in. Is there someone that has been nurtured, that has been? Uh, trained or, or developed to potentially take over the coaching role for New Zealand for New Zealand Warriors. You know they're a New Zealand team. At the NRL Do we have level? any any coaches? Well, Stacey, that Stacey Jones is in the mix. Um, Could we see him doing it? Yeah. Look, I think again, if we go back to all the pieces, like if I was if I was making recommendations to Stacey, I'd say don't take it mm. because all the pieces aren't in place. Yep. You know what I mean? So. If they are going to make changes at the Warriors, it's it's not the head coaches which is the the um, the issue. It's the I guess it's the the pointing you can point the finger at it, mm-hmm. but it's not the it's not the underlying issue. There's a lot more to it. So um, it, it is a problem. Is there isn't enough development? I, I think the answer to New Zealand being successful is coaching the coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, coaching the coaches, getting really solid pathways. Those coaches that can coach our kids and keep them in New Zealand. It's a great conversation. Sean wants to follow it up. Uh, he's on 0800-150-811. You've got a query about Nathan Brown. Is it Sean? Yeah, mate, I mean, um, I just want to get Kempe's, uh opinion because, I mean, as an outsider, I just look at some simple things that, you know, I don't think we bring the best out of a lot of players, but there's a couple of key decisions that I look at what's happened um, in this Warriors side, and I think centre for us is one of our really weak spots, and I don't think you've got to be nice trying to work that out. But we've moved Yahiku, who we all know had a couple of deficiencies, but I've got to say, Hiku is twice the defender that the two guys are in there currently. We moved him on and didn't, didn't, didn't keep him there. And then we moved our marquee sign-in Aiken, who was the best defensive centre when he came over into second row when we've got an abundance of second rowers. I mean, I don't know if that's just too simplified, but I just want to get your point of view because they're the sort of things I look at as a coach. And then obviously we've already talked about the fact that, you know, these guys didn't even know about the 18th man rule. I just, I've never felt, if you look at the record of Brownie, Brownie's got a great, and, and it, was, it was only your conversation you had, Kent, that made me think about it. He's got a great Super League coaching record, but his NRL record is around about that 30% mark or 35%. It's, it's horrendous. And I mean, we, we know that he was not the first man off the ranks. And I believe coaches make sides, and we've just never had... Probably, probably since probably going back 
back to Clary, we haven't had a great coach, you know, because mm. coaches that bring players along, and we, you know, we keep talking about recruitment, but I think we've got to get the coaching right. Yeah, look, and I've made that, I made that point um, crystal clear that the, it's the coach that they should put the faith behind them so that they can build a five to ten year program, uh, and all of those pieces are around, you know, coaching the coaches, putting pathways in place so that you can have the players stay in New Zealand to support the type of structure that you want to put in place. You know, you're not you're not just talking about Hiku, you're talking about Papali'i that went to Parramatta. Um, you're talking about uh, uh, Clockstead that went to Canberra. You know, all these good junior players that, if you're thinking, we're still here in the country, that we would have decent edge defenders. The problem we got poor edge defenders is that they're all young. We've got a 19-year-old there, um, Fijian boys coming out of a rugby union structure. We've got Rocco Berry that possibly could be a player comes out another out of a rugby union structure, and they just haven't had time to develop. Mm. So, you know, you're dead right on the coaching side of things. I don't, I don't think um, Brownie will survive. I just think that's just the nature of the Warriors beast. But I think if you're going to go... Sadly, you're right. It's inevitable. Yeah, if you're going to go and make that decision to get a coach then put some thought into the whole process of, of I guess, um, progress over the next five to ten years. It would be nice, me and Louie were talking about it this morning, um, it would be nice to be, you know, Izzy, I want you to come and coach the Warriors and you know, you, you're a great coach and we believe in what you've, what you've got. Mate, you've got five years. Okay. Now, don't worry about it. Mm. And and you know the you know the the beauty of what the Warriors can do. The they've, fans are patient. No, they've got a they've got a private owner. They've actually got they've actually got someone that can stand up to the plane and say, I don't care what the media says. It's only the media. I don't care about results. I'm going to trust you, and you're going to do that for me. Will they, Will he allow? Will he allow the the reins to be let go and just say, Look, this is your outfit. And and is there anyone? Is there anyone? That's why I see the. Is there anyone that will be? Excited to take this role with knowing what's in front of them, the journey that's in, in, in front of them. Let's find out, Kempi. Hold on to that. Mm. M- just muse on it. Maybe go to the back fence and start running towards us, and we'll get your thoughts on it Have after this. Have a putt. Have a putt. 18 minutes from now, we'll answer that question after this. Keep texting. Who wins the PGA Championship? There's some great ones here. Hey, lads, James from Christchurch. I'm reluctantly with Izzy. I reckon Morikawa will win. Probably the poison chalice been on the same train as Izzy, but I love watching Morikawa. Thank you, James. Thank you, James. But... No, I won't. I stop horses. I don't stop golfers, mate. <laughs> You're not getting the fifty bucks, James. Keep texting double eight double three. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Mayhem Sale and find up to half price off Maybelline and L'Oreal Cosmetics and Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Thirteen minutes away from nine a.m., uh, we have teamed up here at SCNZ with the Auckland Greyhound Racing Club to get you out of the dog box. Now, this is important. I mentioned the details yesterday. Text "dog" to double eight double three, and you could go for a great VIP date at the Duke of Edinburgh Silver Holiday. It's obviously a date is. What I mean by that, you can take your partner or your significant other, you can take your grandparent. We are not fussy, but we want you to get out of the dog box so you can text DOG to double eight double three now along with Auckland Greyhound Racing and Greyhound Racing New Zealand. Izzy, before we shot off, you had a question for Kempe that he just almost started shaking at. Mm, I asked the question, you asked if we've got a private owner. If we've got a private owner, that's, is he willing to let the reins off and, and let someone walk in there and, and take over, for, and he's given the reins to say, well, here's your team for the next five years, and is there anyone out there that would be excited by that challenge? You know, a Baz McCullum has gone over to do it with England, given the reins. Is there someone in New Zealand or even potentially abroad that potentially could do that? 
you know, it's a great it's a great question, is it? You know, the the Bez McCullum analogy is a is a is a really good analogy. There's there's to me there's two parts to this question. The first one is ego. Mm. You know, you got a bloke with loads of money that can buy a club. Um, a lot of ego comes with that, and you've got to put that to the side if you want success in the in the NRL and the franchise. So. If you want to build the, the club and build a team, I think you've got to step aside and you say, like, let's do that over five, ten, ten year period, and I'm going to do that. You can do that because you own the club. Mm. You're not you're not answerable to anyone. Yep. The second part to that is what you ask: Is there anyone? Of course there is. Mm. You know, there's there's Robinson at, at Sydney. See, the thing is, NRL contracts aren't worth the paper they're written on because you can move people around left, right, and centre. There's Robinson. There's there's Peyton. Like, why wouldn't you go back to Todd Payton and 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 purchase him to say, look, I'll give you five to ten years. You know, um, I think you need to look at those blokes in and around that age group, and go. You know, the, I think the Bellamy's and the Bennett's are uh, on their way out. Mm. I don't think Bellamy's going to leave Melbourne. I think you know that talk about him going to help someone else is is a load of crap because he's had so much success. Bennett in his seventies um, is you know done. But I think Robinson, mm. the Paytons. But why would they do it, Kimpy? Because yeah. you've because again, why, why did Bears do it? Mm, challenge. Yeah, that, 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 that's the first thing. Well, but how? Mate, if you, got, if you think of, if you think about it, ninety five. They haven't. They've been a grand final twice. We went there in two thousand and two. Um, I think Ivan took them in two thousand eleven, and we've had a number of eight finishes. Mm. Um, but imagine the challenge, and, and imagine the legacy if you could build a. And, and you know the, the the best thing about this, this is my own personal opinion. I think you can build a legacy that will, if you win it, you you win it a number of times mm. in this country. I think the depth and the talent here is, speaks volumes throughout the competition. The problem we got is we can't keep the depth here. We don't have the development here. Yep, and that's the that's the issue. That's what the challenge would be for a really good coach. Do you know what? I was, I was having a little conversation with my mate yesterday about something I've been thinking about, and I look over it in, in Australia and the NRL and the product that they have and the magic round and you know mm-hmm. all the funding and the money that goes into this product, and it's like, wow, the entertainment factor. Mm-hmm. And then it made me think, if the Warriors, obviously the Warriors are our, our team, the New Zealand Warriors, we're passionate about it. Everyone's so passionate about what they do, and if they lose, we hear it on the show, and it's, and it's great. Um, but... If the Warriors were able to get to the heights and and live up to where we want them to be, to be at the top of the level, winning games, winning NRL, being in the playoffs, being a consistent outfit, mm. do you think? And we are in the New Zealand rugby. Uh, I know my answer, conundrum, but yes, answer the. Do you think that that would be that the New Zealand rugby will be left behind and, and the Warriors game and the Warriors be our biggest product in New Zealand? I think commercially, mm. I don't think you beat the All Blacks, but I think commercially from a franchise, so from a club mm. franchise team, the Warriors have always had the most potential in New Zealand. They are the dormant sleeping giant of mm. New Zealand sport. If the Warriors make a finals run, a proper finals run, you know about it. If the Warriors, and when the Warriors, the Warriors will win an NRL title. The Warriors will win an NRL title. It might be in decades, but when they do, look at American sport. You've got to remember we're so young at this part of the world. When the Red Sox finally broke the hoodoo, when the Chicago Bears finally broke the hoodoo, mm. it completely captivated and changed a sports market. It'll happen here. And when it does happen, you want to be on it. So should New Zealand rugby and, and rugby fans be worried? 
Well, I think they should be worried for a multitude of reasons. I don't think right now they have to worry about the Warriors. That's the other. That's what I mean. Like, if they did get to yeah, there, yes, then it'll be yes, worrying sides yes. for for everyone else. I think it? the I think the win, like you know, you say when they get there. I think the win is when they get it right. Well, yeah, they'll be there for a long time. Oh, right. This is and 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 you hope so because you only get one chance at it. Mm. You only get one chance in fifty years. You might only get one chance in a hundred years. So you have to. Interesting conversation, boys. Uh, and there's a, a long text here. Actually, let's shoot off and come back to this text. Do you know what? Yeah. This whole time, I thought everyone was calling us a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why are we dogs? <laughs> yeah, dogs. Stop talking about coaches. And <laughs> oh, man. Now I get it. It's a great it's like, young pro. <laughs> we, we've never been called dogs the whole time. Baz was here, Kimpy. Stop. What have I say? Am I a dog? Seven, oh, no. Seven, what have I done? What have I done? <laughs> seven away from nine. we got Rick Dog in the house for Smithy and an awesome text here on Izzy's question. We'll get to that. Seven away from nine. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SCNZ. Actually, Richard, William Zalatoris, have the $50 TAB bet because I like Will Zalatoris. All yours, mate. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Mayhem sale and get up to half price off big brand vitamins and cosmetics. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SCNZ. Izzy, great question. I think the key is finding the right person. Look at what's happening at the Bulldogs and what happened with the Panthers and Goss Gold. He's complete control over the football department and it's causing headaches. The Bulldogs are now in a position where the next head coach knows that it's merely a puppet for Gold. The Warriors need to look at someone like Hanson Razor or Rennie, that strong personality, a hard-nosed coach that can build cultures. Cheers. Paddy on double eight, double three. Isn't Hanson at the Bulldogs? Well, he's being paid by the Bulldogs. Are you, is he, you, you just, you kind of like, you, when you're on the putting green over there, you kind of, we are on here. Are we on there now? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> this, oh, this is where I love we got cameras. Oh, that'll, that's going to be breakout gold. Make sure you go to our Twitter page. <laughs> is he keep you for breakfast to find that? Rick Dog, big show today. Yeah, big show today. Dana, Dana Johansson from uh, stuff.co.nz has written a really good piece on the High Performance Sport New Zealand review. Uh, so we've got her on to talk about that, uh, whether it's just more hot air three and a half years later or if there's actually going to be any change. Uh, we're going to talk to Clayton Lewis, who's just been named in the All White squad for the next international window. Uh, and we're talking to NBA as well now that we know uh, the East and West Conference uh, nice. finals teams. So, yeah, that's what, it's, that's what it looks like. Louis calling the Mavericks, mate. Luca took oh, over yesterday. Yeah. Can he get his inner Dirk Nowitzki into him? Or no, what? I, th- I, I, think, I think the Warriors have just got too much. They're, they're too stacked. It'll be a Celtics-Warriors final. Yeah, there you go. Celtics, Celtics are paying $3 to win it all. Get on. I think so. I just I just uh, had a good uh, one this morning. 20 bucks on, return $200, back Newcastle to beat Arsenal and Huddersfield to beat Luton in the championship playoff, mate. Beautiful, Rick Dog. Take, Take it to day. the bank. Kakite Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.